Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailfuzz TV. I am Peter, and I am joined as always by Matt. Hey, what's up? And Connor's not here, and he has missed a hell of an episode to miss. Not that it was his choice, his girlfriend arranged a day thing without him really knowing, and he's gone because of that. But not only is he missing the Doomsday Clock this week, we have probably the biggest news week since the Bendis news, and in terms of new book announcements, it's probably the biggest news we've had since like the, the Dark Matter week of mm-hmm. things getting announced. So, a lot of big things. So obviously we thought about DC Comics coming up in this week's show when we get to the books. We've got Doomsday Clock number 3, we get Detective Comics 973, Action Comics 996, Wonder Woman 39, The Flash 39, Batgirl 19, Teen Titans 16, and Nightwing The New Order number 6. That's what's coming up book-wise on this week's show. Uh, but before that, we do have a lot of news. We have... We have mm-hmm. oodles of news. We have things. I'm actually going to bury the lead. I'm going to put the big news till the end of the news. As you should. Yeah, we're going to build up to it. We're going to do all the other things because this was also a solicits week. We got solicits, and some some months come by. We get the solicits. You know, it tells us what's coming up in a few months in the comics. And sometimes there's almost nothing to talk about. You know, because it'll just be all the same books again. There'll be no real changes. Maybe it'll be worth mentioning a few part ones of a new arc that might sound interesting. But you know, quite often it'll be uneventful. This was not an uneventful solicits. This mm-hmm. this was full of interesting tidbits for various reasons. Yeah, uh, uh, DC just threw a coffee like I wasn't say a coffee book on the coffee table, but that's not right. They just threw a big old book on the coffee table, and was like, "Here, enjoy." And as far as I know, they I mean. There's that one big announcement, but all these little tiny ones also. It's just well, that's the thing. Even before we got to the big news this week, which again mm-hmm. we're saving to the end, uh, I, I I thought oh we already had quite a lot. I thought oh, this is quite a, a newsy week compared to normal. Mm-hmm. But so here we go. Uh, before we even get to the solicits, the first thing that popped up actually, which kind of spun out of the solicits because it was notably missing in the solicits because we we knew that March was a, a skip month for Doomsday Clock. We knew that it was skipping right. March and I think August was the other month. It was skipping two separate months. But it was not there in the April solicits, and people went, "Huh? Why is it not there? This is—is is this bad? Has it been delayed?" And it kind of has because they then announced, and there was two separate announcements. One is that it's changing to every other month, starting with issue five, which will be in May. So instead Ooh, of yes. yeah, instead of ending at the end of the year uh, in December, it's not going to end now till July 2019. So that feels very far away. Uh, so it's going to be a longer process, uh, and then the update to that, the the newer news that came out a few days later, was that issue four, which was meant to be February next month, is now going to be March, which, to be fair, at least means that we're not having a two-month break after issue four, because mm-hmm. now it's just every other month already, so uh, silver linings, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, it does mean Connor thought he was going to be back for issue four next month, and now there's no issue four next month until, until March, so... I find that hilarious, but there you go. So uh, he's so bothered by it; it cracks me up. Yeah, you, you know it's obviously I'm not thrilled at the news because I like the book a no. lot and I, I'm looking forward to new issues. No one likes things taking longer to come out, but this does mean, of course, that they are adamant that Gary Frank will be not getting any fill-ins. He'll be on the art the entire time, and they're not going to rush him. And because of that, I can't. At least, I, I'm at least happy that it's not going to be compromised in any way. So, I don't like a thing that was meant to be a year, going a year and a half, though. That of course you don't. But would you rather they had fill-ins? No, but like, 
I wish I could just say Shazam and it's done. Like, yeah. The way it'll make the issues sweeter. That's what I'm going to say to yeah. be positive about it. I, I think, yeah, it kind of sucks because you're obviously you're excited about the next issue, but you know when it's all done and it's in that nice big deluxe hardcover, which I know that they're going to put out, it's just, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be more perfect for it. So I guess I, just, I feel spoiled because I always read the, the first time I read Watchmen, it was in one sitting. Oh yeah, because I had the trade, you know. So now having to wait and with everything that's going on in that book. The weight's killing me. Mm. I mean, the, right now, the weight's already killing me. And it just came out on Wednesday. Yeah, we, we just so, got the new issue, and now we need to wait two months for the next one. Uh, yeah. So, hey, it is what it is. Uh, it is worth mentioning that both Frank and John's... Uh, well, they, first of all, they both apologised on Twitter. They were very apologetic yeah. about it. Uh, but the other thing they were saying is that they're hoping that it won't stay like this. They're hoping that when they get ahead enough again, that maybe the last few issues would go back to being monthly. But uh, yeah. obviously no promises there, but they're hoping that that's what will happen. So it could end up being a, a, a thing where we get to the last four and the last four will be monthly again. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Which would be interesting. Uh, but that, so that, that, was the, that was the unfortunate Doomsday Clock news of the week. Uh, mm-hmm. Luckily the book's still great. So more on that later when we're talking about the books. But uh, yeah, so that was the first thing. So that's already me, right? So that's the thing. Uh, next up, we had another small delay. Uh, this one's much more imminent. Uh, so it's a small one. It's just a printing error. But the Swamp Thing Winter Special, which is supposed to be out next week, has been delayed a week to uh, February 7th. Uh, this is just a printing error. So it's not a big deal. It's just, a, mm-hmm. damn, we printed a lot of copies that have something wrong. We have to reprint it. And uh, we'll have it a week later. It sucks to lose something in a week five because week five's a quieter, and then it means week one is going to be oh. busier again. But not not this week five. I peeked ahead and hooey. Oh yeah, week it's, five. Week five is busier, but I'd still rather have this in week five than the, the following week one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so not a big deal, but that's the thing. So be aware of it. Uh, and then next after that, this kind of came from Solicits as well, although they, they kind of announced this separately on the same day. Um, Cyborg, which was going to be cancelled, issue 20 was supposed to be the last issue. Uh, it has been uncancelled. It has been revived because uh, Wolfman is, uh, Marv Wolfman's coming to the book. He's going, he's going to write, <laughs> he's going to write Cyborg. Wolfman writing Cyborg is the headline and. I had to double take. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just his his name in all caps. Just it looks like Wolfman, like the movie, you know. So the fact that he'd be writing something about a cyborg, just you know, my primitive mind sometimes. Yeah, Sam Lotfi is going to be doing the art, and it's starting with April's Cyborg number twenty-one. So uh, interesting to say to keep the numbering. They didn't say, "Oh, we'll relaunch Cyborg." Yeah. They said, "No, no, no. We're going to continue the book with the, the new writer." Uh, I guess they're hoping that the legacy writer, who obviously is you know, the creator of Cyborg, will uh, yeah. maybe infuse the sales a little bit. I feel like New 52 tried to build Cyborg up, but they didn't do... I don't want to say they didn't do a good job. They just didn't do as good as they, they thought they did. They tried to fast-track him, and I don't think that ever yeah. works. I, I feel like no. trying try to retcon him in to be one of the founding members was always going to be a mistake. Mm-hmm. I, I think the idea yeah. of him building up and eventually joining the team as a new member would be more <laughs> satisfying as a, as a long-term reader. But, hey, yeah. uh, so that's interesting. Uh, maybe it'll be worth checking it out in April with the new, you know, with Wolfman on board to see if it's any good. That said, mm-hmm. after this week's Teen Titans where he wrote Starfire, I'm not feeling as positive about that, but more on that later. Uh, so... <laughs> 
That is uh, Wolfman uh, revitalizing Cyborg with issue 21. It was supposed to be cancelled and now it's continuing. So that's the thing. Uh, so then I'll get to stuff that actually sticks out to me in the solicits. Uh, had a look through some interesting things and some news spawned out of some of these things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just briefly mention Batman 44. It sounds like an interesting issue because it splits up Batman and Catwoman. Uh, Mikel Jan is doing the art for one of them. Jill Jones is doing the art for the other. And it's them looking for... Uh, you know, stuff for the wedding. You know, it's wedding planning. So, uh, that's a fun issue. Uh, but I thought I'd mention that briefly and then mention issue 45, which is the same month because you're getting a Booster Gold arc in Batman. That's ridiculous. Are you about this, Matt? You're getting Booster Gold again. Yeah, I mean, of course, I'm always happy to have Booster, but with the announcement of that Last King project, which I can't remember the name of right now. Uh, oh, the, yeah, the, the, the yeah. grief counselling yeah. yeah, I kind of figured maybe Booster would play a part in that, uh, just because he's unsuspecting. But I, no, I mean, it seems it possibly yeah. well. Just because he's he's in this doesn't mean he. Well, I mean, no, but but I feel all the teasing that King had been doing with all the right, sure. of yeah. Booster and, and Harley did's definitely here now. So yeah, uh, it's worth mentioning that Tony S. Daniel is going to be doing the art for this arc, which takes him off of damage. Which feels a bit of a shame for Damage, given the main selling point was his art. But however, I'm, I am not opposed to having Tony Daniel drawing more Batman. So, Yeah, I love in the solicits too. It says Tony uh, Daniel and then the parentheses Damage. As <laughs> if that's the only thing he's ever worked on. Uh, I love I love the synergy there. Yeah, so so, no, so, so Batman sounds interesting starting in April. But more juicier than that. We have the solicitation for Green Arrow 39. Why is this juicy, you might ask? Because yeah. upon first glance, you're like, wait a minute, that's not Benjamin Percy's name. This no. has been written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing with art by uh, uh, Marcio Takara. That's not the usual team. And of course, you're like, and more notably about this one is that it says it's a part one of an arc. Uh, although I did find out later that this is only a two-parter. Uh, so basically, what is happening is Benjamin Percy... Uh, and his associated artists, uh, Faraya and Schmidt, are leaving Green Arrow. They are done with issue 38. That is their final issue. and Which is a good run. 38 issues is... He, again, we, we talked about this earlier in the week, but taking it back to the New 52 up till now, uh, he gave us Emmy fighting a dragon. He gave us Ollie as a werewolf, fighting werewolf bikers. He's given us the Ninth Circle. Uh, yeah, the, you know, I mean... The reunion some, of Canary and, and Arrow, so... As someone who, who didn't read the New 52 part of the run, um, I just not counting that, even without that, 30 issues is a pretty good run, and I've liked it quite yeah. a bit. So, uh, it's a shame to see him go, but he, he, did, he has mentioned on the Twitters that he does have another project lined up at DC that he can't announce yeah. yet. So, there's an announcement coming with him on something else later. We'll maybe speculate and he that. seems And he seems super excited about it, too. Oh, he does, yeah. Like, uh, he's still on Teen Titans, of course, so he's still doing that, and he'll be on something else uh, in the near future. But, uh, so yeah, but they, they did confirm, because I was like, oh, maybe this is just the, the new run here. Uh, that is not the case. This is a two-issue fill-in, two-parter, and the new run would start in June, uh, which did lead me to think that maybe they're setting this up for Bendis. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I was just, just a guess. I feel I feel like any book that's opening up for a new writer, I feel like we're going to guess Bendis right now until the announcement yeah. he's working on. Uh, but I Green, just... But Green Arrow is... Be... I was going to say, Green oh. Arrow is one of the books that we said he would probably be good on because it's a street-level yeah, crime I fighter. Just, I just look at it now. Who else would I want on, on Green Arrow? And I don't know. And it's not like Benjamin Percy was a guy that I was like, oh yeah, him for, for Green Arrow. 
I was just happy that the the team from the show were off that book. Yeah, well, because at, at, at the time he'd only done a couple of issues of Detective, I think. At least that's what yeah. I, all I knew him from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I wouldn't have even recognised his name. So he's clearly. Uh, he's built some cred with Green Arrow, so we're actually kind of interested in seeing where he goes next. As far as like who's on Green Arrow, if it's not Bendis, um, I mean maybe it'll be someone else who we don't really know that well, but they'll they'll make a, a writer out of them and they'll be hey here's this newcomer, or maybe they'll, they'll throw someone on who's a bit more known and reliable. Uh, but I, I guess the ultimate thing is we just hope that it's someone good and the book doesn't decline yeah. because it's got a new team. But, uh, yeah. I got a name coming up that I wouldn't mind saying, but oh, we'll, we'll get to that news. Oh, okay. No, I, I want you to get to the other news first. Oh, right, okay. So, oh, I, does it tie into later news? It does. Okay, right. I, I understand. I understand. Uh, so, so that's cool. Uh, and I, I do hope that uh, Faria and Schmidt are not forgotten either. I hope they're still in the DC camp and are put on other things because yeah. uh, it would be a shame, a crying shame to lose them. Uh but anyway, so next up, again, also interesting in terms of not the usual teams, uh, that team that I just mentioned, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, uh, and Jorge Corona in the art, are going to be on issue 42 and Nightwing, which is a one-issue fill-in, and then issue 43 is also a fill-in uh, with Michael Marecci uh, and Minkyu Jung in the art. Uh, they're both one and dones. Uh, I do believe that Humphreys is expected back for issue 44, so it looks like he's taken a couple of issues off between, between arcs. Yep. Nothing against Humphreys, but it just seems like Seely was so in in the the rut, I guess, of, of Nightwing mm. from Grayson on over to now. It's it's being interrupted constantly. So yeah, here's uh here's so well. No, actually, we actually we got a, an update. Remember last week we were like trying to decipher who wrote what in the Nightwing mm-hmm. issue. Apparently, it was Humphreys the entire time. The credit page was really confusing. Someone kind of looked at it and said, "No, I think this is meant to be." writer on flash like or artist on flashbacks and then that fourth name was the, the colorist or something like that but the point is is that nightwing issue had one of the most confusing credits pages i've ever seen because it wasn't clear yeah. who did what and who 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 did the art for what it was gotcha. very confusing um so so even with that problematic issue aside i i loved the first two issues and i'm looking forward to more humphrey's nightwing so with a bit of luck this is just the uh, a couple of fill-ins before we get back yeah. to the main the main run because uh, it does sound like yeah at the end of march he'd probably be finishing up this arc and then it'd be on i hope yeah, so offer a couple of issues then back in may hopefully uh that's that's what the hope is uh so that's the thing uh then next up we had obviously this actually came out slightly early this this Deathstroke arc to be honest this Deathstroke news was kind of confusing because when it first got announced it was like oh is this a miniseries is Christopher Priest writing a miniseries called Batman vs Deathstroke is that, what's ha- is that what's happening mm-hmm. and then the solicits came out and it turns out to just be the next arc in Deathstroke starting with issue 30 which is fine However, the the, the the wording in the solicitation text actually makes it more confusing because this is this is the wording: Deathstroke v's Batman Part One, beginning this month, a six-issue series within a series <laughs> featuring the oh. Ultimate Showdown. Blah 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 blah. So, don't 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 call it a series within a series. <laughs> that's just that's weird. It's an arc. Just call it an arc. Okay. Well, this is the first time. So I saw that, but this is the first time I'm reading what this is about. Oh yeah, it sounds. Yeah. Too damn dumb, but my interest is peaked. Well, here's so I'll, yeah, I'll re- it's worth reading what the the, the the premise is based on this first solicit because it is yeah. kind of batshit insane. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, yeah. When Batman discovers a mysterious package containing DNA test results proving that he is not Damian Wayne's biological father, the Dark Knight sets out sets out his sights on his true father, 
Deathstroke. So, first of all, let's get this out of the way. By the end of the arc, we'll find out it's definitely not true, and it is a really silly concept, but I'm willing to give Priest the the trust here to deliver something interesting and entertaining. Uh, Also, there's a mystery of who sent the package, because it probably wasn't Deathstroke. So, no, it's it's, 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 just... Could be fun. It really goes into that Priest plays the long game because there was yeah. an issue where he dealt with Damien early on in the run. That's true, yeah. So, That's true. Yeah. Also, it has a Lee Weeks cover, so and it looks gorgeous. Oh, that is uh, always worth mentioning, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And then other, other tidbits from this list, it's not too many more. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to mention that Jodie Hauser's back co-writing Supergirl. So she was only off it for one month, and now she's mm-hmm. back with uh, Orlando for issue 20, so that's cool. Um, it is worth mentioning that Trinity number 22 is the last issue of that series. I think that has a lot more to do with the other news we're getting to in a bit, where we're going to have more books. Uh, but that is double shipping in April for the last two issues, and that's it done. So so Robinson's arc, presumably, is just one arc, and then that's, that's yeah. the end of it. I, I just want to mention Superman real quick. I mean, it, it's oh, gone. not the newest, It's it's, but they're doing an arc called uh, Boyzaro Redeath, uh, which I'm sure is a play on Rebirth. Yeah, I saw the co- uh, one of the covers for this. It's basically the yeah. Superman number one cover from Rebirth, yep. but it's Bizarro and like the Bizarro versions of family people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a nice touch. I, I, I'm excited for this to be fun again. Like mm-hmm. Superman's been in such a rut, and I mean that now that you know, and and kind of a complacency. Place. Yeah, I mean, we, like, that last issue I'm was quite, that last issue was a good one and done, but it's yeah. been a while since we had a good arc. So hopefully. Yep. Uh, we're getting to that. That said, we'll, we'll have an arc before we get to that one, surely starting mm-hmm. next issue, I'd imagine. Yeah. So, we'll we'll see. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to mention from the solicits, uh, this is just a weird thing. There's an annual in April, which is bizarre because it's not got a fifth week. There's just an annual on week four, randomly. Uh, DC doesn't usually do that. DC are usually pretty strict when it comes to their whole, oh, it's fifth week, get annuals, you know, system. But uh, Titans Annual Number Two is out in week four of April. Uh, is Dan Abnett is writing it? It is the usual thing, and it is the final of the current arc. It's the finale of the arc that's uh, in the book up until that point, which suggests to me that they want to just get it finished quicker and ha- basically double ship for one month. That's what it kind of yeah. sounds like to me, and that's why they've they've shut out this annual uh, when it is maybe because they want to start the new arc because the new arc maybe ties into another book or something uh, the following right. month or I don't know. But that would be my, that'd be my guess. Yeah. And Matt's dogs can shut their goddamn mouths. I'm sick of it. <laughs> no, she's like, I'm tired of Titans. I want to read it again. <laughs> so she's angry. The, uh, go, go to the pound, Matt. That's all I'm saying. I'm calling the pound. Uh, well, she's probably fighting with the cat because the cat likes to trap her on the stairs <laughs> uh, <laughs> with the high ground. So and then she gets super pissed off and starts going nuts. Yeah, that's what's funny when you have a cat that's bigger than your dog. You know. Natural superiority, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a little bit weird, but like I say, I think it's just because they want to have the story finished quicker so they can have the next arc tie into something else that's happening mm-hmm. or whatever. So not a huge deal, but uh, if you do read Titans, it's worth mentioning, you'll have an extra book to, to get in April. Mm-hmm. So with that said, that is all the other news. At least at least from my, my rushed uh, collection of it before. If I've missed any small tidbits you think are interesting from the solicits uh, or elsewhere on the web, by all means let us know in the comments because it's always yeah. funny to uh, read the extra little Like things. in that Supergirl solicit, you didn't mention there's a character named Viking Judge. 
I didn't. Yeah. I didn't miss it. I just didn't read the, the solicitation text. I know, but you should have at least let me know. There's going to be a Viking Jones <laughs> Like, get your peanut butter out of my chocolate, sir. Ah, <laughs> oh, Viking Judge in Supergirl. I can't. That was the most weirdly homoerotic analogy you've ever used. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean every word of it. It's fine. <laughs> I know who I am. I don't know why my peanut butter is in your chocolate sauce but i just i just mean if you're gonna mix vikings and supergirl and extra dimensional stuff like yeah you have shut up and take my money that's probably what i should have said but i went for the reese's analogy yeah yeah no that's that's, here we go that's fine uh so let's get to the big news the big juicy meeting news that they hit us with yesterday uh they they basically you know obviously we've been speculating for a long time i think uh, even if it's not been super audible is uh you know where's Snyder going? Once Metal's done, like you know that that's his DC book done. We know he's doing that like mini with uh, that prestige mini with uh, Murphy uh, for his last Batman story. But like, what else is he doing? Is he going to be on an ongoing? Is he going to be doing anything else? And we now kind of know the answer to that. Uh, and I think a lot of people have speculated in the past Justice League. Although I think once since Priest took over Justice League, we were quite happy leaving him there. Uh, so that is the unfortunate mm-hmm. side effect of this news: is that the regular Justice League book. Uh, is ending in April, as is Justice League of America. Both of those books are ending uh, with the, the, the earlier... I think it's the earlier issues. Let me just double-check. Uh, yeah, April 18th for Justice League. So that's the, the week three issue. And April 11th for JLA, so that's the week two issue for that. So they're both ending mid-April uh, to make way for this big new thing that's happening. So what is happening? In May... Wouldn't be surprised me if it's the end of April, given that those books are ending a little bit earlier. But yeah. in May we are getting a four-issue miniseries. I have heard some conflicting reports that it's, it'll just be the, the, the Justice League books crossover. It'll just be like Justice yeah. League and GLA. Uh, but all the sites are saying miniseries to me, so I'll, I'll say miniseries, but that is what I put out mm-hmm. there that it could be just that. But it doesn't really make much of a difference. The point is, you're getting four issues weekly. You know, you get you know, boom, 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 boom. You get four issues. It's called Justice League No Justice. Which can't be pleasing Batman because if there's, if there's anything I know about Batman is that he likes he his net worth justice to be in the positive. Justice. Yeah. <laughs> so here's here's what's happening. So upon concluding, upon so Metal's finishing in March, and then what we have uh, this four issue miniseries coming in May. It's kicking off in May 9th, apparently. So yeah, ignore my previous speculation. It's coming in May 9th, and it's going to be co-written by Scott Snyder, James Tenney in the fourth, and Joshua Williamson. Uh, and the art for this miniseries, all four issues, will be Francis Manipal. Uh, now we know why he was taken off of uh, Trinity. He's been busy prepping prepping this malarkey. Oh, I know. Those four names right there. I Let's pretend I have zero idea what the premise of this is. Uh, just of those four names, I'm buying it. I don't care what yep, it is. Well, I don't care, you know. I can't, I can't fault the logic. I can't fault the logic. Uh-uh. So it will set the stage for a family of Justice League comics starting in June. So I think it will be new books. It won't just be Justice League, you know, issue 40-something. You know, I think it's going to be new books. Uh, They're all going to start in uh, June. Now, it's worth mentioning, they do not specifically mention how many. I think, because there's been a lot of assumptions on the internet, including by myself, I will admit, I I, I made some assumptions Mm -hmm. when I first read this, and I'll get into what I think uh, where this is going once we've read through the rest of the, uh, the, the main details here. So... Uh, it's worth mentioning, Snyder will be helming the flagship Justice League book, and then Tinney and Williamson, as well as others yet to be announced, will be working on other Justice League books, uh, which is where it gets really 
you know, speculative when you're thinking of how many there might be. So, uh, so here we go. So there's so some stuff from Snyder. He talks about remapping the cosmos of the DC. Big words. You know what he likes to do. He likes to yeah. <laughs> break things apart and put them back together because he's he's a wacky man. Uh, so the plot of No Justice. Right. So forgetting the the books that are coming after for a minute. I'll just tell you the plot mm-hmm. of No Justice. It sees Brainiac. Yes, Brainiac. I'm excited yeah. too, Mac. Yes, it's okay to be excited about that. Brainiac warns the Justice League about a cosmic level threat on the way to destroy Earth. So it's a comic book. <laughs> Just to be cynical for a second, it's a comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, when the heroes find out that even they combine, even the combined might of the Justice League, including some unlikely new recruits, more than that in a bit, isn't enough to stop it, Brainiac advises them with a plan. His strategy involves the heroes allying with villains and splitting up into four specialised teams. The fate of the diff- of a different alien world depends on the success of each team. But if they fail, it's game over for not just Earth, but the entire DC Universe. So, the four teams. and it, mm-hmm. For this many, for, for No Justice, we have four teams. We have Team Wonder... Which seems to be comprised. There's art to go along with this. You can check this out. You can go go to the IGN article, go to the CBR article, wherever you want to go. And there's images with these teams and their their coloured sort of variants of their suits, so mm-hmm. they all match. So you have Team Wonder. Team Wonder is Wonder Woman, Doctor Fate, Raven, Zatanna, and Etrigan. So, I feel like they just made a team for Connor. Like this is like here, here you go. It, oh, for for our Connor, not the not Ken. Okay, yeah, no, yeah. no, not Ken, our Connor. <laughs> hey, like, you start talking about Connor. I feel I, usually you're talking about I him. I know, I know. I meant our Connor. Not that I know who that is. Just just to clarify, not that I know who that is. More more on that later. You are not recognizing someone on this one of these teams. Oh Jesus um, Christ! It's, go on. <laughs> uh, you walked right into it, Pete. Uh, but you have you have Doctor Fate and Zatanna on one team. Like uh-huh. with the uh, other mystics, like yeah, oh, it's a very it's a very mystical team led by Wonder Woman. That's basically what that is. Yeah. So that's that's Team Wonder. Then you have Team Wisdom. By the way, Team Wonder's all in purple uh, or pinky, yeah. so lavender. That's uh, purple. Purple, yeah. Uh, then you get Team Wisdom, who are all sort of in red. Which actually, uh-huh. you know, three of them are typically in these colors anyway, admittedly. But yeah, uh, you have Flash. You have Damien. Uh, now it's worth mentioning they also have like darker bits in their costumes, so they'll have so even even Flash and Damien have like a slightly different look to them. But yep. you got Flash, you got Damien Wayne, you got Cyborg in his red suit, you got Harley Quinn, and it took me a second to realize who the other guy was at first. But that that is the Atom, that is Ryan Choi. Because do you know what, yep. see the thing with the Atom suit is? I'm so used to the red and blue that having it all be red kind of threw me for a minute. He kind of looks like Iron Man. It does, like, does a little bit actually. Yeah, because I was like, wait a minute, is it? No, no, it's it's the Atom. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, but that's a cool team. Uh, it is worth mentioning as we go. I believe uh, each team has one villain and one Teen yeah. Titan uh, yeah. on their respective teams. At least so far, we'll we'll, we'll see if that holds up yeah. for the next couple. But uh, so that's Team Wisdom. Uh, yeah. So no, is it? next team. Uh, next team is Team Entropy. Uh, no, no, uh-huh. get no, no surprises for guessing who the leader of this team is. Uh, this is Team Batman. It should be called Team Justice. Uh-huh. God damn it. Damn you, Snyder. Uh, I mean, Entropy is a weird one, so it makes me wonder if the worlds are going to fit in with, you know, whatever whatever the theme of each of these teams are. Yeah. You know? uh, so that's Batman. You've got Lex Luthor, who's sporting an S emblem, the House of L. Yeah. He's got the S on his chest. Uh, Deathstroke 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beast Boy? <laughs> Do you know what? I just love that Batman and Deathstroke are going to be with Beast Boy. That is an yeah, amazing combination. Makes zero sense. And then uh, Lobo is the, uh, the final member of that, that, that team. Uh. So you you got you got three like dead serious characters and then two sort of more jokey ones. So that's interesting. I uh, I I laugh that with this Batman versus Deathstroke story, they <laughs> they they couldn't share custody of Damien, so they stuck him with Flash. Like, <laughs> hey Barry, you want to look after Damien? You get along yeah. just fine. Um, also, there there was some more art that came out with this. That's not just the teams. And Lex has his more traditional suit so i, d- I wonder I don't know if, if he... this is just manipole doing a sketch yeah. or what i wonder if he like starts off starts off with one of the suits and then either yeah. takes it away or adds the s by the end for you know yeah. plot reasons or because he feels yeah. you know like he's part of the super family again i don't know mm-hmm. uh, and then the final team is team mystery oh. with starfire i'm getting that in first shut up matt <laughs> you got starfire you got superman is the leader uh you got martian manhunter yes what uh, yeah, I know you got Sinestro, and you and the 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 biggest WTF of this entire roster of all these teams is Starro is with this team. Yeah, and and they wear like a maroon, like a very deep purpley red, uh, yeah, color which which matches Starro, funnily enough. Like it does. Uh, I also I particularly like how Superman's like red part because he's still blue for the most part, but he's got he's, yeah. he's, he's got the sort of dark red as well. I love how mm-hmm. the dark red also forms the uh, the trunks. Yes. Oh, the trunks. That's yeah, right. the, tr- the trunks. So he's still kind of got the trunks in this art, even though we just got it. So mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, I and I hope this is the dude bro Starro from Metal that we saw <laughs> in the last issue because him playing off of. Sinestro, I just man, and this is the first time I've seen Sinestro in quite some time, so that was cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Obviously, it's the first time I've seen Manhunter in uh, ages. I mean, obviously, we got him in the Justice League in a flashback like last week, but uh-huh. you know that that was a that that was notable when that happened because we hadn't seen him in ages. Uh-huh. Um, so so we can all kind of guess who we're all kind of riding with as of as of now, like just based off of character selections. What well, which team you like the most? Yeah, like I feel you, you're riding with entropy. I mean, well, I don't know because I, I don't know. If where entropy, are you, are you I, with wisdom? I mean, if I'm picking a favorite team, it's either wisdom or mystery. Oh wow. Because yeah. it's a team. It's not just one character. I mean, I love Batman, and I, I do love Batman yeah. being with being with Gar. Don't get me wrong; I love that. But yeah. like Damien with Barry and Har- and Harley, and then yeah. Superman with Martian Manhunter and Starro and Starfire. Yeah. Like this. This reminds me. I want to say it was the late '90s, maybe early 2000s. They broke up the Justice League in the comics, and they each gave them like it had never existed. So each of the members created their own JLA, and Superman and Starfire, Martian Manhunter formed. The mm. Justice League of Aliens. Uh, so this just the, when I saw this image, that's all I could think. Oh of. yeah, which is worth mentioning. Those are clearly all the aliens, if that wasn't obvious, and the mystery team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So obviously some of the yeah, others, yeah. and obviously all the Wonder Woman ones are kind of mystical. That's true. Uh, if anything, she's the least mystical of the team, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, amazing. she does come from a magic island that's hidden from time and space. You uh, know. Wisdom. Is, wisdom is actually all sciencey, and then you've got Harley Quinn. On top of that, yeah. I mean, I, I, she's a psychiatrist, I suppose. So maybe that's where you're yeah, you're bringing that in. You know, whatever. Um, 
That said, also, we have Flash War coming out soon. And it almost makes me wonder if this could be Wally on that team. I'm looking at the belt. I can't zoom in on the eyes <laughs> to see if they're green or blue. Because uh, I've tried numerous times as we've been talking. <laughs> oh, geez. Slitting this up properly, aren't you, Matt? Yeah, of course. So this is very exciting. Uh, I like... I like when things get gimmicky, but not in a bad way. I like when things are compartmentalized. Uh, so it really drew me to Grant Morrison's multiversity, was they were all one-shots in a bigger narrative, you know, mm. uh, and they each had something to them that made them different. And I feel that's the same with these with these teams. And each one of them I want to read. There wasn't one that I was like, oh, I might be able to skip that and just, you know, listen to what the guys say on the show. This is like, no, I'm, I'm reading all of these books, and my wife's going to hate me for it. Well, hold on a minute, Matt. Hold on a minute. Because you're making an assumption. Now, to be fair, I made this assumption as well. Mm-hmm. That this would be the four books after after this event, or after this, this mini-series, right? I want to speculate about that, but I don't want to go straight to that. Before we get okay. to that, I want to talk about who's missing from these teams. Okay. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but there's no Green Lanterns anywhere on these teams. Oh. Uh, uh, no Jess, no Simon, none of the, the classics. They're all they're all missing. Uh, and there's some other team members obviously missing as well. The Teen Titans. I mean, there's 14 Titan members there, but that means there's like another three or four missing. Uh, yeah. So you know, uh, Kid Flash and Aqualad uh, coming to mind first, and then obviously the Green Lanterns are missing from the from the, the Justice League. So yeah, Aquaman. Aquaman's missing, yeah, that's a good point. Uh-huh. Uh, so I think that's interesting. And I don't think they're going to be missing for the books after. And see, here's the thing. So my first thought was, yes, it's going to be four books. They're all going to be monthly, so there'll be one a week. And if you're, and someone actually pointed this out uh, in, the, in the, the, the group this week, mm-hmm. I thought this was a good point. If you're someone who's currently reading both Justice League and Justice League of America, you're buying uh-huh. the same number of books after this if there was four single shipping books. That's that's true. With one of each team. So, so you, you wouldn't be going up in books or anything like that, uh, potentially. That's... However, I don't necessarily think these teams are going to be the, the books afterwards. I think this is just for the, the crossover. Well, yeah, teams. but I'm just talking, this is this is going to lay some foundation for some change going forward. Oh, sure. And a- if we, absolutely. Know. Yeah, absolutely there's going to be a shake-up in terms of what's happening. And then the other thing that kind of makes me suspect that it's not just as simple as that is they keep saying Scott Snyder's writing the flagship book. If this yeah. if this was the four books, I wouldn't see any of them as being the flagship book. No, that's true. Unless it's a fifth book, unless it's these four plus the main Justice League book, which is a possibility. But yeah. I, I wouldn't guess. If, if, if I was going to guess, I would say there's going to be at least three books. I would say there's going to be a Justice League, um, maybe a Justice League Dark, because we've got a lot of uh, mystical characters in here. I'd expect maybe... Uh, I don't know, uh, uh, Talking Superman on Twitter actually had a couple of good ideas. He thought there might be a cosmic Justice League team uh, yeah. uh, after this, which I can, I can see happening. Um, but I don't think it's going to be as, as clear as just these four teams are going to be the four books afterwards. I don't think that's the case. Well, no, but I feel like they're going to lay some kind of foundation. That's oh, what sure, I mean. oh, of like, course, yeah. If I end up really loving the themes that are going on here, it's just like, well, man, that, that's extra books you know, from what I'm reading now. Because I'm going to have to make room for these somewhere. Well, I mean, know? they replaced Justice League. For, so Justice League is gone. So that's that's room for... Yeah, but it's picking up Justice League of America, you know. Oh, yeah, sure. But, I mean, if, if it is single shipping books, then Justice League going away replace, takes two of the slots. So that's... you, you, yeah. you got two covered. Um, if, if I was to... 
Yeah, cause, I mean, we know, again, we know that Snyder's writing the flagship book, and mm-hmm. we know that Williamson and Tinian Fourth are also writing. Um, I've seen speculation that there's another double-shipping book, kind of like GLA, but it'll be co-written by those two. Um, I would also maybe uh, speculate that it'll be a double-shipping book by Snyder, and then you'll have two single-shipping books, one by Tinian and one by Williamson. That's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be, again, it'll all be single-shipping books, and there's maybe a fourth writer that we don't know about. Because it, it does say, and more. It does say, like, you know, there'll be more writers yeah. announced going yeah. forward, so... A lot of potential. One of the books Percy's going to and taking his his artists. It could be. Uh, Yeah, so I'm bummed about Priest's run ending on on Justice League because of this. Yeah, Because it's it's just barely getting started and we've really enjoyed it. It's it's Uh, worth mentioning he seemed to know that this was a short run, though. Because someone, I saw an interview online back when he first took the book asking about the long, you know, how, you know, what were your plans? And he basically said something along the lines of, oh, after my current arc's done, uh, there's big plans for Justice League that we can't talk about. So he took he took that job oh. knowing that it was, you know, it was just, just for a oh, couple of arcs. Not, not too bad then. Yeah. But, you know, I, I teased earlier who had one on Green Arrow, and I think Priest would be a cool fit. Ah, you know, I can see that. He could keep, he, he's shown with Deathstroke he can juggle a big supporting cast. And that's what Percy's really done a good job of, is expanding... Uh, all of our supporting cast. So. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, my only doubt, f- doubt for something like that is that Priest was at the Marvel Summit this week, which usually means he's <laughs> that means he's usually going to have a bigger role at Marvel. So, uh, I mean, it may not. It may just be that he's on one book that they need yeah. him there t- for planning, and he could still be doing a couple of DC books. I mean, I still, I mean, he's still on Deathstroke for at least a while because he's doing this six issue Batman story yeah. on Deathstroke. Oh man, but, there's another. Oh. Well, good. I, if that makes Marvel better, then that, that's I can sacrifice <laughs> Christopher Priest, you know. <laughs> you can sacrifice him. <laughs> uh, I just mean to, to the creative side, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, but how do you feel about this overall, Matt? Are you excited about the, the, the oh, miniseries? I'm, yeah, I, again, this, I dig this type of stuff. I, I was thinking about this. I had read a thing that Snyder had said about... Metal and the multiverse, what he did set up there was that was kind of a fishbowl. And he equated this dumping that fishbowl into the ocean. And then it sort of got me thinking, right? The whole point of the multiverse is we got, you know, a set number of Earths with 52 and they felt infinite, right? But with what Metal did by opening up the dark multiverse and all of these worlds that could exist... It makes it seem like there's an infinite number of Earths while not getting rid of the set number of Earths, if that makes any sense. Some. Yeah. And <laughs> it got all metaphysical and it hurt my brain and I had to stop and, you know, so. But I like that. As, as a longtime DC fan, I like that they they have this legacy of, of different worlds. And if this is what this is going to be, if if Team Mystery has to go to like a – a world that that's heavily sci-fi, you know, versus Team Wisdom that's going to, you know, a lesser sci-fi, and that's why that's you know, I'm not trying to say lesser, but you know what I mean with the Flash and and all those guys. Yeah, I feel like Mister, you're looking for alien planets. I think Team yeah. Wisdom, you're looking at more like hard sci-fi where you're dealing with anomalies yeah. and uh, time travel and yeah. shenanigans like more, that. More technology than creatures. Where, yeah. You know, mystery is more creatures than, than tech. And then you have entropy who that could be street level for all we know. And then 
you know, uh, wonder, which is all magic based and mystical based. So it's, you know, whatever this ends up being. And then the fact that you throw in Brainiac, who's like one of my all time favorite villains. Yeah, can, can, I just, can, can I just say, I feel like the end of this, the four issue thing is going to be, oh, by the way, Brainiac wasn't trustworthy. You've been doing his bidding. Now we have to deal with the fallout of that. I hope not. I hope it's a different, because I liked what Johns did with Brainiac. And he kind of consolidated a lot of Superman villains this way. That was always just the one, but they had, you know, automatons. Hmm. Different. So I think about, like, Toy Man. What he did with Brainiac is all these other Brainiac Supermans met over the ages were just drones. So that's why that was the, all the different versions. And then we met the big, you know, physical one that was Kaluin, And, you know, he was a physical threat to Superman as well, which I liked. So the fact that there might be a new Brainiac that's coming to help to warn them, like, yeah. hey, this doesn't end up well for all of us. We need to pull together. You know? yeah, can I just say how confusing that was for, for a long time? Like, try to figure out exactly what Brainiac yeah. was when, for a long time, almost every version it was just a robot yeah. or just an AI. Yeah. And then the idea of Kalu and like, just, you know, piecing all that yeah. together. It was bloody confusing, as sometimes comic content well, and, can be. Cause... Well, yeah, and then that's where Johns is always the, the goat at that is consolidating all these things from that. He doesn't waste anything, everything still matters. It's just how you structure it. You know, so he did that with all the Flash stuff, and he's done that with the JSA and even Hawkman. I mean, that's the biggest that he's done. And now he's doing it with Rebirth on the, you know, the whole DC imprint level. So, mm. yeah, this this is very exciting. Again, Starfire is a character that I've, I've taken a liking to the last couple of months, not just because of the joke where you didn't recognize her. Like, it just... I've I've gone grown quite fond of her. Just to see her teaming up with my favorite hero in Superman, uh, like that that's awesome. That really puts her at the next level. Yeah, uh, no, I, I'm fairly excited. Uh, I, I, my only worry is that with Snyder going big and silly, is sometimes I feel like he gets too big and silly. But uh, with those I'll other take names that involved, to textbook writing like he did in Zero Year, you know. So, yeah, sure. Hmm. You know, I'll, I'll take where as zany as metal gets, and this will get to that where it's like you're just reading out of a engineering book. I'm just like, okay, no. we get it. You did your research, man. I, I'm excited, uh, perhaps more for the Tinian and Williamson books than I am his book, yeah. but I am down to it for all of them. Uh, and if we do end up with a, a Justice League book every week of some sort, you know, whether it is a double shipping main book and other singles, or mm-hmm. if it is four single shipping books or whatever, uh, that'll be funny to have every week. Uh, on the yeah. show, I think mm-hmm. so. Uh, no, no. Uh, I, I will crack a little joke here, though, about how Bendis comes to DC and almost immediately we're 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 Avengering the the Justice League because this this has reminded me a lot of uh, having like Avengers, New Avengers, Mighty Avengers, Dark Avengers, <laughs> and yeah, so on. I mean, it's definitely compartmentalizing them, you know, which I don't think can be bad unless you overdo it, mm. you know. No, I think that's fine. Um, I will say, though, if it ends up being like five or more books, then that'll be the point where there's too many. But uh, if we're going with this idea that there'll be four issues a month, regardless of what, how many books that is, if it's like one double shipper, you know, two double shippers, four single shippers, I think that's fine. But I think once you go more than that, it starts to be a bit maybe oversaturated. Yeah, and I agree. And that's, that's what I was saying with by not saying it about Marvel. If you overdo it, then it stops being fun. It feels like mm. homework where... If you keep it manageable, you can keep it fun. 
yeah. Uh, so I, I guess we're done talking about no justice, unless uh, and I, I know I know we're going to get comments saying why didn't you talk about this and why didn't you theorize this? Like, tell us what your thoughts and theories. I, I'm excited to hear all opinions on this. I really yeah. am. Let, let us know which team you're repping. Like, we, you know, uh, we had a big discussion on that in the Facebook group and. Uh, yeah. I, like, well, I see who everyone else is excited for. Yeah, who's your, who's your favorite? We, we know Connors is a uh, wonder. That's obvious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I'll put my. I, I know you're taking mystery, so I'll take wisdom just yeah. to just to be different. Cool. Uh, cool. But hey, no fun, exciting. So exactly. I, I guess that I guess that's the news. Finally, I guess we can start talking about books. Uh, Let's uh, do that because. We, we have a whole lot of unpacking to do. We do, and it's funny because, I mean, it's not a big number of issues per se, but we got eight books, it's not, it's not you know, it's kind of normal, average, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, Doomsday Clock. <laughs> so we're going to start off with Doomsday Clock number three, Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, and unfortunately this is the, the last issue for two whole months until we get the next one at the end of end of March. Yeah. So, uh, so savour it, enjoy it. I mean, at least February is the shortest month. So uh, I can't, I can't dispute know. that logic. Uh, no. That said, when we get okay. to the end of March and then we have to wait till the end of May, you can't give me, uh, that, give me that again. So I know. <laughs> but uh, uh, so this is issue three of Doomsday Clock, and you know I, I I know there's a lot of skepticism on 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 the interwebs, and there's there's some folk who think oh, the Watchmen shouldn't be touched. I don't, I don't like going into that, but you know obviously that's no. a, a feeling from a lot of people. I um, yeah, I after I read this, I I made my opinions known on on Twitter, so you can go check that out. Uh, you know, and it just comes from the perspective of a longtime DC fan of of these superhero characters. You know, that's why I read these. You know, and and I understand that comic books is its own. I don't want to say genre, but its own you know piece of literature. And there's room for everything. You know, but I read comics for superheroes, and I feel like what Johns and Frank are doing in Doomsday Clock appeals to my sensibilities there. Yeah, the, I think um, the point I was getting at was that after reading this, I'm still loving this every month, and I'm still it still feels like an event. I, like I, I sit, I get excited before I sit down to read it. Um, I read it a complete second time before we do it because I always skim through my books before I do the show, but I always read this a full second time before we before we start recording. Uh, I just I need to, uh, and I think but when issue four hits, I'll probably reread everything up until issue four. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it won't it won't hurt just to be fresh yeah. going in. And it's not like we won't have time. Yeah, so I, I you know the point being is I just I'm still loving it. So that, this is going to be yeah. a, a positive discussion <laughs> about Doomsday Clock. Number and, three. You know, I on my second read through, so I read the back matter like three times just because it's, mm-hmm. it's in my wheelhouse. But I only read the main story twice, and I tried to find stuff that I really didn't enjoy in this issue the second time through, and I just can't. Like, not trying to be a shill, but I just, this yeah. issue worked so well. I, I think, obviously, it's mirroring some structure stuff from the original Watchmen. I, I think it's worth mentioning, because obviously, uh, I've got the advantage over you a little bit here, and I just reread Watchmen before this started. Yeah. Uh, a few months ago. Yeah. Um, and I specifically remember talking to Connor as we were reading it, saying, when does the uh, the Black Freighter stuff start? Now, I can tell you right now, it started in issue 3. So I think it's very interesting that issue 3 of Doomsday Clock introduces its own version of that. And in this, it's an old movie that's been it's on TV. Uh, yeah. As I said, the adjournment is on TV, and that's what we're, we're getting... 
we're getting glimpses of throughout the, the issue. And it'll come and go as we go, because if you go back and read Watchmen, the Black Freighter stuff's not as consistent as you might remember it, because it's like, it's there for a lot of three, it's there for a lot of other couple of issues, but there's some issues where it skips completely, and you get none of it. So, I'm sure we'll see this come back, but maybe not necessarily the next issue, and we'll see it in and out as we go. Um, so I, I think from a structure point of view, that's fascinating. Uh, mainly though, I just love the ideas it's playing with, and I think the first thing, I think we'll just work through the book, the, the, the first scene mm-hmm. in the book and the first thing to really talk about is, end of issue two, we had that big cliffhanger where the comedian showed up and took some shots at uh, at Ozymandias, right, and Lex. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think we all basically agreed at the end of that discussion, yeah, it's not really him, probably. And then we just kind of, that was basically the gist of the conversation. We were, yeah. we were positive it wasn't really him. And this, this issue opens with, we actually get the scene from the start of Watchmen of comedian being beaten up and thrown out the window. And what we see is, and I was, my mind went straight to Jor-El, given what happened in Oz Effect and what we found out about him. As he's falling to the ground, comedian is transported somewhere. Mm -hmm. It goes black. He he wakes up in in the water, in the ocean. He gets up Uh and... We just see the foot, and we get, you know, hello, Blake. We see that Manhattan's there. Manhattan's brought him somewhere. And he's like, where the hell are we? And obviously, we're presuming this is the DCU. I don't think we see anything in the skyline that specifically tells us it is, but... That's Metropolis. Is that Metropolis? You tell... I believe that's Metropolis, because that looks like Lipscore Tower. Oh, wait, actually, now now that I'm looking very closely, it's very small, but you can make out the Daily Planet globe. Yeah. It's very small, in, but you can make it out. Uh, for a fact, I know it's not Gotham because it doesn't look like a crap hole. You know? <laughs> well, that wasn't really... I, I just saw a skylight. It wasn't until I looked right there where I actually yeah. really saw the uh, the globe. But it's really... T- you don't see the detail. You don't see the, 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 the words Daily Planet no. on it or anything like that. It's really tiny. No. But no, my, for me, it was the, the L-shaped building. It, it's like Core Tower, you know? I feel like that changes every time you see it, so I never even really... Yeah. considered that but again with John's he plays such homage to the to the past like yeah that's something he would pick up on yeah it's also worth mentioning his button came with him uh, I, I was talking to Connor about this yesterday about how the button ended up in Batman's cave uh, and everything I said yesterday was complete yeah. gobbledygook because now that I'm looking at it again the button does come with him it's on the beach he's looking at it so well, what's the saying from the flash it's the speed force I don't have to explain shit <laughs> it's a speed force that's, bro I ain't going to explain shit that's the that's the there you go. Uh, and because remember the, the button came out of the speed force oh it did no uh, I just assume it goes back so, into the speed force I, I don't think it's a big deal yeah. uh, this is one of those no, things no, no, where no. Connor was obsessing yeah. over he was also obsessed because he was talking to me about this last night because he knew he wasn't going to be on the show and the other thing he yeah. mentioned was like well uh, this was a big thing he was really f- fixated on this right so because because oh. <laughs> because the comedian was pulled at the last minute before, as he was falling to the ground, like does that mean that he gets sent back so that he lands and then Watchmen takes place as it did? Or is a new version of Watchmen happening after this now because his body was taken at the last second? Do you, do you get what he means? Yeah, it's timey-wimey. And it is timey-wimey, yeah. If, if Johns is going to change Watchmen, I feel that's going to... That's really going to make people riot. So, <laughs> I don't... But then again, stuff that happens here, right, that, that starts in this book, like the end of their world when they're leaving, 
I don't feel like that needs to happen. Is it, yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I feel like if Johns feels he can play with the events of Watchmen by taking out Comedian's death, which is the inciting incident, yeah, I think that makes it worse off. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily what he's doing here. I, th- I think no how how this affects Watchmen is not a huge deal. Uh, I, I think we might affect Watchmen in other ways. I don't think pulling the comedian yeah. out is a, necessarily the big deal, though. I could see, yeah, it could just be a case of he beams him back so he lands, and it's like he never left. Yeah, you know? exactly. That, know, that's yeah. what I think it's going to. And I feel like, like Manhattan is messing with the time which, stream. Which they may oh, never show. More. Yeah, they may never even show yeah. him going back. It doesn't matter. If they don't, it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to worry about it. No. It's, it's not a big no. deal. But then again, it could create parallel timelines. We know this is the DCU. We know that... Watchmen really isn't an Earth in the multiverse as we know it. It was, you know, there was that Earth four. I think it was that was the Charleston's characters that that uh, Charlton Comics characters hmm. uh, that that uh, Morrison did his own version of Watchmen within an issue. Uh, so who knows? It could be open grabs, and then again, it doesn't. It, it's like when they reboot a movie; they're not taking away your old movie, you know. So you can still enjoy it for what it is. Uh, oh I yeah, think... I, don't, I don't think his his point was that oh we're messing with the the original no. Watchmen story. It was just it was questioning yeah. do we have a new alternate version of Watchmen because of that in yeah. this story? Uh, I don't know. I, again, we'll we'll get to the time stuff more too maybe, because maybe. I think that that Manhattan isn't isn't beholden to time and space as it is, so he can jump around as he sees fit. So. What could be his future is someone else's past, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, for for me, honestly, what stuck out was the idea that this was very similar to Jor-El, that he grabbed him at the last second and brought him here. Oh. Uh, for whatever reason, did, did he bring him here specifically for fighting Ozymandias in this situation? or was so. Or was he brought here before, earlier, for something else, and this is just, he's still around for this? Yeah, because we don't know how much time has, has gone in between. You know, we don't know if... He just landed in Metropolis Harbor. We don't know if he's been yeah. there for a while. We don't know if he had drinks with Debo at a certain point. Yeah, like, is, is he been here for twenty years? Or has he been here for ten minutes? Yeah. Like we we don't actually yeah. know. Uh, we yeah. know he, he's got his outfit. You know, Doc Manhattan's probably you know, just hand, you know materialize his outfit for him because and, he can do that. And we, I do remember from Watchmen, they were partners, right, in Vietnam. Yeah, Manhattan yeah. and comedian. So th- we know they work well together. We know they don't like Ozymandias as it were. Uh, so yeah, it, it all goes, it still plays with tropes that we, not tropes, but plots that were set in motion in Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'd say work well together necessarily, but at least well, put up with each other. <laughs> yeah, they play nice for, for you know. Yeah. Anyway, but, so, so this entire first scene of like, the fight, uh, basically, comedians determined to throw Ozymandias out the window. And it doesn't break, so he keeps trying. Yeah. Then he starts shooting the glass to eventually yeah. put him through it. Uh, it it's quite delightful because it's very like, oh, I'm doing to you what you did to me. But of course, it's it's, it's Lex Luthor's window, so it's like what? reinforced to shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not quite happening. So he has to really, really hammer it to make it happen. And then Ozzy basically decides to grab his his uh, his cat and just make a jump for himself. And we get like a really yeah. sort of over the top sliding down the you know the the window outside and then going yeah. onto the the the, the top. I always call that an Indian. Indiana Jones exit, like in Temple of Doom, you know, when he leaves Club Obi Wan. Uh, yeah, very, through through all yeah. the things. It's, it's very, that's very, it. Very like that. There's one panel where he lets go of his cape, and all I could think of was Superman, and that's very that's got to be intentional. 
with this team. You look at the cape in the window, the way that it flutters. Uh, like, yeah, maybe. Because cause I made it up like, oh, Superman's catching him. This is, we, we get back to Superman going, you know, and no, Ozzy gets out of it himself. Like, there's been very little DC character involvement up to this point. So... Well, it's more than this issue, like, of course, but yeah. I'm talking this oh, Matt, point you make, story. You make, 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 make. Uh, so, yeah, so he survives that. And then we go back to Batman and Rorschach at the cave. Uh-huh. And Rorschach is trying to explain what's going on. And he's like, you know what? Here, have the have the journal. <laughs> Read that, yeah. please. And then he's frustrated. Well, actually, it's a later scene where he's frustrated. He's not reading it yeah. quick enough. So Batman yeah. says, go upstairs and get a shower and get cleaned up yeah. as, as Batman reads the journal. So, so I mean, that's pretty epic in and of itself that Batman's reading the, the Rorschach journal. Yeah, and that Rorschach, we find out here too that he's not necessarily... He doesn't like working with Ozymandias. He still holds Ozzy responsible mm. for, for the events at the end of Watchmen. And he's only doing this because he wants to help find Manhattan. Because something he, my take on this is Rorschach has something that he feels Manhattan can fix. Yeah, probably. Uh, it's worth mentioning as well. We go back to the Mime and Marionette, and I like how just to contrast it with the uh, the city shot from earlier. This, yeah. this shot, they're looking at Gotham, and it does look like a very different city. Uh, yep. It's a really nice touch. But they're basically going for a drink. It's cutting around a lot. There's a lot of one page scenes here uh, as yeah. we're jumping around until we get to the old folks' home. And we get to... <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. Yeah, this is where the, sort of the real meat of this issue kind of comes in uh, with Thunder, with Johnny Thunder. Uh, it's so heartbreaking. Just let's take Johnny Thunder out, and he's just an old man waiting for his family that's never going to arrive. Oh, my God. Yep, and that's where we get the TV. Uh, they're fighting over the remote. There's some obviously there's some small world stuff going on. They're still talking about the Superman theory, which is this yeah. whole thing where the they think like superpowers are an American conspiracy because most superheroes are American. So, yeah, and it, we get the establishment that Superman was the first, right? He came out, mm. and then all of a sudden superheroes exploded on out, which means, as far as we know, the Justice Society never existed. Because uh, yeah. you think, oh, yeah, you I'd... would think that they would remember, even if they were just like secret agents. Oh well, yeah, you but know? We, we knew this anyway, Matt. That the GSC did not exist in this continuity; it never did. Not since the New Fifty Two happened. No, no, no. I know, but I'm just saying, like, they're going out of their way to remind you this is Superman is the first. Like, this is yeah. the timeline we're in. So, why is Johnny Thunder suddenly so important, right? Uh, you know. Like, there's more going on. He remembers something. Uh, oh, yeah, but then, I, I don't feel that that's changed anything since Rebirth issue one. Like, that's exactly what we said back then as well. Right. Is no, that he, I know. The, the he's it, having, re-establishing he, it. He's having memories of some kind. He, he's having glimpses of what his life mm-hmm. was, and he's, he's, he's getting confused, and he's and, thinking about it. It's like, it's like fragments of it are coming in, but yeah. no one believes him because he's a crazy old man. Uh, exactly. same, same with Satin Girl at, uh, at Arkham. Arkham. Like, no one's believing her because... Oh. She's, She's coming off as crazy. More on that later, but hmm. temporal anomaly and, and Arkham. I got. I might have jumped out of my chair at work, and was asked if I was okay. But uh, back to Johnny Thunder. He's yeah, wearing back, his back to his Johnny suit. Thunder. Yeah, he's got his green. You know, his green coat his on. Yeah, with his bow tie, and there's a striking resemblance to when I, you know, went to look him up to see what he used to look like. 
Hmm. Striking resemblance to Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, it's also worth mentioning on the TV news. Uh, like so, some people are defending Superman, but they're also talking about yeah. U.S. government experimentation, uh, yeah. and they mentioned Rex Mason, Kirk Langstrom, uh, and a third individual Lady, who Lady Clayface. Is that Lady Clayface? The outsiders in the eighties. Yeah, I can, um, yeah, oh yeah, you're right. I can see her. Um, I, I mean, it says gets, it's her. It says it's her as well. Admittedly, I just haven't got yeah. to that speech bubble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what gets me is you have the guys talking about you know back in my day. They were real heroes. Teddy Roosevelt, which I was like, how old are you, dude? Because Teddy Roosevelt died in 1919. Um, Joe DiMaggio and Frank Rock, who's the same Frank Rock, that mm-hmm. Sergeant Rock from World War II. So again, there's some little bit of seating going on, like the All-Star, I don't know if they were the All-Star Squadron, no, Easy Company, uh, from from. DC yeah. so. Uh, so this is where the movie starts playing though, The Adjournment yeah. uh, which is uh, the last film from the, this actor Carver Coleman who died yeah. uh, after this movie was made and this was like a series of movies he played Nathaniel Dusk in all these films, more in that yeah. name when we get to the back matter Sa- save, your, yeah. save your trivia Matt for then I got, uh, I got you, I got you because uh, we, we did a bit of digging and we have uh-huh. knowledge <laughs> me and Pete have become the always sunny meme of the motherboard <laughs> going through this. Like, it's again. There's a reason why John's my favorite writer, and he opened my he opened my fandom up to all these smaller characters. We all know that I love the Booster Golds and and the you know uh, elongated mans and and all of this stuff. And this only plays into that even more. So, yeah, but. Uh, that scene at the old folks' home, him saying that his granddaughter and her son are coming, uh, they would have called if they weren't. Uh, and you have the two old guys fighting over the remote, and he keeps changing back between the news and the adjournment. And we get some scenes from the adjournment. Yeah. And I think it's worth mentioning that whole thing where he thinks his granddaughter's coming. I, I do wonder if that's like a glimpse of the future. Like, if that's predicting yeah. something we're going to actually see that kind of lines up with what he's saying. Maybe maybe it won't be. Maybe it's just like figments of, like a, of, a, of a memory of a different timeline. But, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I just remember, the genie is magic. There's no really... We don't have a, a, a fine take on magic at this point because it's, it's Watchmen. It's everything is science-y. It's Dr. Manhattan. So, you know... Yeah, so so the movie's playing, and like I say, I compare this heavily to the the Black Black Freighter story yeah. from within Watchmen, which was the Here's comic book the kid was reading. Uh, but instead, here we get an old movie, uh, and we're getting lots of stuff to go with it because we have this mystery of the the death of the actor as well, on top of the plot of the movie. Now, the way the Black Freighter worked in Watchmen is that it kind of mirrored the motivation and the the, the story of Ozymandias. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as that was going on so I think one of the fun things here is that we're going to be kind of trying to guess who this is talking about what it, what it means in terms of thematically to the overall story because uh, yeah. the, the plot of this is that Nathaniel Dusk is this the, this private eye who was a detective was an actual cop but he, he gave it up his wife was killed by her ex-lover who was a mobster and mm-hmm. his kids are now away with uh, you know some grandparents her grandparents yeah yeah and oh, her parents and he gets this case uh on christmas eve and that's that's, yeah. that's that's actually all we get in the first scene is all that stuff yeah. there someone coming into his office uh, and uh and then we cut back to to rorschach having his shower you know try to wash the the filth of yeah. 
Ozymand is out of his hair, I believe is the... Look, look I've, I've been dirty, like, after going to the beach with sand in my hair, but I've never scrubbed so hard that my scalp starts bleeding. So this dude is working through something. Yeah, the art is glorious. I mean, obviously, Gary Frank's yeah. been great since we oh, started the book, but... I was going to say, I love the line that that bathroom, it costs more than a city block where he's from. Yeah. Like, that just, that cracked me up. Uh, and then him, him being shown the room, and they've gone through every room in the mansion for the smallest room, because he... This is all too big. It feels uncomfortable, uncomf- yeah. Yeah. But seriously, just that that, that panel with the, the blood evenly in both sides of his face, because it looks like a Rorschach, yep. you know, blink blot. Well, it's a, That's it's what it looks his, like. Yeah, it's his mask. Yeah, you know, that's, made out of blood. Which it's, makes me think, not that he has two dual personalities, but he has two, like there's him with the mask and him without the mask. Mm. Whereas, whereas the original Kor- Kovacs, Korvacs, whatever it is, is he was one person always. Even when he had the end is nice sign and whatnot, that was. I him mean, you could read it both Rorschach. ways. You could read it. No, this is he's always Rorschach because even without the mask, he's, his mask is forming on his face. But just yeah. just the, the, the dribbles of water plus the thick blood. You can you can you, yeah. can you can see from that panel. I mean, everyone knows that blood is thicker than water. That's a, that's a common saying for a reason. Yeah. But you yeah. can actually see it in that panel. The blood looks yeah. thick and oozy, and then the the water is like just these like thin driplets. It looks really good. Uh, and we go back to the movie the uh, that's playing the adjournment and we see the case as these two guys have ended up dead one's the, the cop who's coming it's, it's a cop an honest cop one of the few honest cops left yeah, which obviously he ma- remembers which makes us know, think best. of Jim Gordon of course think about it you know think of year one Batman yep. uh, that kind of sounds like that but he he comes to to Nick Nick Dusk Nathaniel Dusk sorry uh, yeah. for this this case and it becomes this bit of a debate about how, like, you know, like, we, actually, this, this scene is just not actually that. I'm thinking of the later scene. But in this scene, it's basically yeah. just, here's the case. Here's the two dead bodies, the two guys that yeah. were playing chess. Uh, it's Christmas Eve. One of them is my brother-in-law. Uh, from, the other from, was a neighbor who's a widower that yeah. he thinks is maybe the target because there's no way my brother-in-law, you know, he's, yeah, he was a jerk, but nobody would have it out for him. Yeah. Um yeah, so so we have that. There's also there's a very quick thing from the news before we actually end that page about uh, a Russian and uh, sorry, a German superhero. German. One, one of the few German superheroes, the Whale Huntsman. Whale Huntsman. Yeah, uh, is is possibly reported in a terrorist attack of some kind. Uh, well, he was so someone was blowing up a, a facility where they were yeah doing German you know testing and They're trying yeah yeah and so he was seen fleeing the scene. So it's creating the sense of paranoia and distrust amongst the, the supers now with the rex mason stuff which i, I still mm. feel that's going to play in much more coming up because uh, this is again we're just getting more references now from from issue one absolutely this. yeah uh, and then we go back to the maybe marionette they go to a bar uh, the jumping jacks specifically uh, yep. they come in and immediately people are like hey what are you doing wearing that makeup this is joker territory no one else wears that makeup and of course we have a a really simple panel of of uh, marionette just turning and saying that the Joker, who's the Joker, and everyone's like, "What'd she say? <laughs> who doesn't know who yeah. the Joker is?" Um, now, before we get to the action of this scene, I just want to mention, right? So, obviously, we're going to talk about the action that takes place with the the two characters and the the, the, the barman and all the people in the bar. Mm-hmm. But before we go any further, so the scene ends with them saying. Uh, let's go find this Joker, right? Now, obviously, we're excited about them meeting the Joker because they're these evil villains. The Joker, of course, is the villainous, the most villainous of villains, the villains in the DC universe, right? Uh-huh. 
We know there's three Jokers. I knew you were going down this way. Right. My my brain went this way reading it the second time. Yeah, yeah. I, I we, don't like it. We know they first. have a missing kid. That, that uh, yeah, the Ozymandias yeah. was promising that they'd meet. Is it is it out of the realm of possibility that this missing kid ends up being one of the Jokers, possibly the current Joker that they're going to meet? Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Or is that too obvious? It may be too obvious. I think it is. It could just be a red herring. Uh, I'm, just, I'm throwing it out. Know. I think it's worth mentioning and throwing out that that's that's a thing that could be a possibility. I, I find it odd that we didn't discuss this at all before, and we came to the same conclusion while reading it. So yeah. that's, that's you know, again, that's on purpose. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm not necessarily convinced that's the case. I just think it's worth the, also, the speculation. So the the whiskey that they're drinking or gin, whatever it is, is called Lindbergh, mm. and that you know Lindbergh was famous not for just crossing the the Atlantic, but the famous kidnapping of his son. So mm. you know that again plays into the the layers here. Not with the trivia. Uh, so this scene, so that so that all, everyone in the bar tries to fight them, uh, and one of them grabs Marionette and kind of like you know, kind of makes a suggestive motion with his tongue. And yeah. uh, the mime pulls out his invisible weapon. Now, of course, we've had great speculation as to this in the past. Back from issue one, we, we were joking, oh, so he has mime weapons as well, but as their actual weapons, they're just invisible. Um, and it pays off here beautifully. That mo- The moment where he's holding out his hand, they all think he's an idiot, and then you see it fire, and you just see the, the blood coming out the back of the guy's head. It is a yep. wonderfully brutal little moment. And then the entire scene, and then you even get that that shot of the the, the panel of the gun, where it's still invisible, but you just see a bit it's of an outline. You see, you see yeah. yeah, you see the smoke. You see a little bit of an outline, the, the lights glistening off of it, which does kind of imply that he has invisible weapons. That's what this yeah. is. It's not just that the he's lockpicks. Then he starts throwing invisible knives. Too. Yeah, <laughs> you can kind of see the outlines. So here's the thing: post Doctor Manhattan, were there more superheroes in in Watchmen? Or is it just tech? Did he just have tech that made, yeah. made just turn guns invisible? Like it could be. I mean, I don't want to say that's simple, but it's simpler than you know yeah. meta humans doing it. But then you look. But you look at later Rorschach's compression gun, right? Mm. He he mentions how sleek Batman's is, and where did he get something like that? Oh sure, but you, you could read that as he he's this low life criminal vigilante true, who makes his own stuff, and Batman's a billionaire. So I mean, that's true. But I was just, and with the way that Marionette's powers work, is there a, a, an invisible string there? Is she, is this a form of telekinesis? Like, oh, I did think it was telekinesis. Know? I mean, I, I wasn't even sure if it was invisible. I thought it was just there. Yeah. Because you can see it. Well, but it starts cutting, like, it's beyond fishing line. You know what I mean? Like, it's Oh, yeah, not... I, I, I took it as a super sharp line that she had i didn't actually think i didn't think it was invisible though because it was, you could see it every time she it was like in the yeah. panel uh so so I, yeah I, yeah i took oh, it as like a uh, just really strong wire basically to, to to borrow a wrestling term when he fired that invisible gun i popped <laughs> i was just like oh boy this is yeah and he's becoming my favorite character in this mine she- she, like, she she starts cutting off limbs. She's cutting off hands. And yeah. by the way, that panel, the bottom middle panel of the page where she's got the string out, uh, yeah. and she's just smiling right at the, for lack of a better word, the camera. Uh, yeah. And she's looking right at you. It is creepy as shit. Um, it is. 
them meeting up with the Joker might actually be a fantastic uh, little yeah. story to go oh, through. Now we gotta wait. <laughs> the cover, the cover four was the Joker cover with the Easter eggs. Oh, is that is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Pissing me right the hell off, but. <laughs> but yeah, that scene again. He start, he throws the invisible knives, and in the last issue, they talked about the lockpicks, and and they even walked through the uh, again <laughs> from the Killing Joke, another Alan Moore piece that that uh, theme park. That he had Gordon. Uh, That's right, up in. and that, that is not the only thing in this issue that reminds me of the killing joke either. More on that yeah. later. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so then the next scene is we're back to the movie slash the news, uh, sort of mm-hmm. intercutting, uh, and we, we we you know we're talking about uh, various deportations happening and stuff around the world, uh, meta gene detectors, uh, meta human arms race that's currently ongoing. Yeah. Uh, interesting ideas, and it, it kind of it's, it's cool because. In Watchmen, Manhattan was kind of a, an allegory for the nuclear bomb. The I like bomb. the idea that now we have a literal arms race with meta people. Well, and all those countries that are mentioned are nuclear powered. You know, mm. Russia, Pakistan, India. You know, so again, not by accident. Johns is really layering. Absolutely, here. yeah. Uh, and then the child gets turned back, and we get the conversation. That, this is where the conversation in the movie is particularly interesting for me. Because they talk about how uh, the, the the cop is sure that oh this this one guy is the the victim yep. and the other one's the bystander, and dusk is like no we can't be assured we 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 can't assume which one's the victim like he he could have been watching one of them and then yeah. followed them to the other room and one of, one of them is definitely the victim one's the target and one is the bystander but they just get killed right. because of that and we have to figure out which one. And I like that when it says that, when it says, uh, to find the killer, we need to find out which one was the target and which one was the innocent bystander. And that innocent bystander is bold. That panel where it says that is on thunder, crying yeah. in the window. And all I can think with that is that, you know, if Manhattan's altered the universe, the, no. the idea that everyone who was forgotten, everyone who's been replaced, that wasn't the intention of what he did necessarily. No. It was the innocent bystanders who just kind of got swept away because of what happened. And it makes me wonder what his grand plan was. If it was like, here's a world without superheroes, is it better? And by doing that, that's what creates Superman and, and all of that stuff. And, you know, yeah, it seems better at first, but it's still going to fall apart. You know, it's... But I just... It should be. I think that's the core thing in there, though, from this conversation, yeah. is the idea of there being two victims and one of them's just a bystander. I feel like that thematically is going to come into play in a big way. But if there's... If there's two victims, what's the the primary victim then? Well, that's, that's a good, Who was the target? That's the mystery. We don't know. Yeah. That's yeah, the mystery. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's assuming it is even like what I'm saying. It is where the all the characters who get erased are the are the, the bystanders. Like that may not. I, I'm taking that because that's on that panel. I'm reading into it because of that. But right. I, even if it's not that, I think thematically that's going to be a big deal. This idea that there's two victims, but only one of them's intentional. The other one is just right. kind of a, a byproduct of it. Right. Uh, so I think that's some interesting stuff to sort of dive into, uh, and then you know, uh, so also again the idea that it goes to thunder when they're having the conversation. He's because he's talking about how uh, he's going to find heartache because he's going back into his house uh, right. to get basically this murder of his wife must have happened recently because it's Christmas Eve as we mentioned, and he's going mm-hmm. to the house because his wife had a Christmas present for him under the tree, and that's what yeah. he's going to get. Uh, but one of the things I like, all, all the left-hand panels on that page, it's Thunder. And when he talks about heartache, Thunder's the one in the panel. Uh, yeah. When he mentions a noose around his neck, 
uh, it's thunder that's on the panel. Uh, yeah. And even breaking and entering, thunder's on the panel, which is like, you know, the idea that thunder wants to break three, free and all that stuff. I yeah. think there's some stuff in there. And then the bottom panel of that as well, when thunder's left the frame, but it's, it's still his like scene and it's like, just the window and the, the building outside mm-hmm. and it's empty. Uh, that's where the, the the dialogue from the movie says it's so empty without her and the kids. And keep in mind, earlier in the issue, Thunder was yeah. saying that he was expecting his his granddaughter and stuff to come. Right. So it's again, it's well, the idea of the loneliness, the emptiness, and on top of that, just to add extra special to it, uh-huh. the the window frame makes a nine panel grid within the panel. Yeah. Well, the 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 thing that also got me was it's not breaking and entering when you have the key. So and it's also mm. emphasizing Thunder. You know that he might be the key going forward to this. Oh, it's interesting you read it that way. I read that uh, yeah. it's not breaking out when you have the key. Is that like a, an analogy from Manhattan? It, he's not breaking into the universe where he can get in without any fight. Like, when he can in? just appear, you know? Why not both? Well, yeah, why not? Let's call him A, let's let call him B. Why not? Yeah, so... Oh, man. Yep, yep. Uh, so, no. So, is that, and again, it's just the idea that, that this present from his wife is the last thing she ever gave him. It's the, the last little part of that life that's been... So, his wife's been taken away, much like the DC Universe has, but there's still yep. something remaining. There's something in the box, and we don't know what's in the box. Again... What's in the box? What's in the box? Uh, <laughs> so, I just... I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on here. There's a lot of things that you can take and say, okay, this represents yeah. that, and that represents this. And the funny thing is, is I have no I have no illusions that by the time we get to the end of this story, and we get to see what the whole movie is, and what the whole Doomsday Clock story is, yeah. that it'll all, all link up with it in a way that we can't even I predict am. right now. Uh, yeah. But I think even just this on its own, these individual scenes have got things that we can... Yeah, it's just, it's just the fact that this was the last movie by this by this actor, and there was supposed to be more... You get that yeah, a little I mean, bit. Every, everything you're you know. talking about is all the plot within the movie. On top of that, you yeah. have the actor was killed after yeah. this movie, and there's, so there's Morgan on there. Exactly. Uh, uh, the next scene, it's actually New York, New Rorschach is having a nightmare uh, of the when the, the the big squid thing, the alien <laughs> landed yeah. in New York, uh, and he wakes up from that nightmare, and Bruce is like, "Hey." I think I know where your your Manhattan guy is. As you said earlier, an anomaly at uh, Arkham Asylum. Temporal now, anomaly. Now it does turn out though that this was just yeah. a lie to get him there. This, this didn't really it's happen. A, yeah, right. it's a trap. It's yeah. a trap. Yeah, as as they say. Uh, I do I do love them both pulling out the grappling guns and Rorschach yeah. being like basically emasculated <laughs> by yeah. his shitty little thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, the, the pages that I was mentioning reminded me of the killing joke. Uh, all the side views as they're walking past the doors in Arkham is, yeah. is it's like the start of the killing joke. I thought that was a really nice yeah. touch. Uh, but this is all a, a ruse. Batman basically gets uh, Rorschach locked in a cell. He gets him in the cell and slams the door and the book ends with you know Rorschach threatening him and saying, I'll kill you for this. He's screaming and Batman's like, I'm sorry, but you belong in here. I love this because you know what? Batman would lock Rorschach in he Arkham would. Asylum. Especially if he gave him this this journal, right? Yeah. And he just said it's Kovacs diary. Batman doesn't know who Kovacs is. Uh, this just makes so much sense to me. Like, Rorschach, you know, brutally murders people. And I know a lot yeah. of people compare him to the Bat... He's the Batman of the Watchmen. Sure, yeah, but... Like, actual yeah. Batman does not like this Rorschach. He never would. No. He, no. Uh, that makes complete uh, sense. So, so you kind of gleaned over him having the nightmare and stuff. And oh, sure, yeah, you can go back. That to revealed that. he was he was at Ground Zero of the Squid, like when 
when the squid appeared in Times Square, yeah, he was right there. So whatever had happened, did oh, man, did Manhattan do something that pulled him from there? Is that why he's so? Maybe. I mean, um, clearly he's not in his head, you know? That said, I, I do have to wonder uh, if he wasn't actually there and this is just his nightmare of being there, maybe? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's a possibility. Because yeah. uh, if he was right there, he should be dead. That's what I mean. Yeah. So, like, is there something's afoot? Does he have, like, survivor's guilt? Like, maybe mm. that was his dad that, that was there. You know? I don't know. Because it shows him driving a taxi. But it, this it, guy looks super young. Yeah. If he, if he was there... I, I will say that this answers, all, you know, why he's so messed up because <laughs> he went yeah. through this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Uh, and, and we know he wants basically revenge on. He's only he's only helping Ozymandias to further his own goal, which is you know to kind of get revenge on. Well, as I took it, Ozymandias. But yeah, but yeah, Batman locks him in there. Uh, but those guards too at Arkham are talking about the adjournment, mm. and there's a key plot point of the movie that gets spoiled, I mean, intentionally, that one of the guards is like, oh yeah, I'm watching this on TV and it's it's the one that's real famous and it turns out that one of the killers was also a killer or mm-hmm. one of the, the victims was also a killer. Yeah. And the guy's like, hey, don't tell me, I, I want to watch it. And yeah. So like a perfect yeah, tease. We don't get any more of it, but it's like, oh, what does that mean? Was was he killed because yeah. he was a killer? Or was what? Yeah. Like, why? why, why uh, was it was it the innocent bystander who was the killer? Yeah. Like, you know, which one was the killer? Uh, yeah, yeah that, that, that is a good tease, actually. I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, now I'm, yeah. not only am I deeply curious about where things are going, I'm excited about Marionette and my meeting the Joker, I'm now excited for more of the plot of the movie. <laughs> Which yeah. I'm going to have to give this credit here. Now this might be blasphemy to some, but I I love Watchmen. I love it dearly. But it's... but Black Freighter I don't love that much within the book. It's a bit of a slog those sections. Whereas yeah. with this, I'm not going to say that this is this is a book is better than Watchmen. But I will say that I feel like this uh, Nathaniel Dusk movie is in, is inherently more interesting and easier to read than that. Black Freighter stuff yeah. ever was. And I think it speaks to, to John's too coming from I mean he was Richard Donner's assistant. So he knows mm. movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I would watch the hell out of the adjournment. I love forties, fifties, noir, you know, that whole aesthetic. And I'm kinda sad I can't watch this movie. You know? Like it, it's not a real movie, but it feels so real yeah you know? uh, made by Werner Brothers I don't know if you know Werner uh, Brothers yeah no which again goes back into DC you know that was that was the company the Blue Devil or yeah Blue Devil Blue Demon whatever that character was he was a stuntman with a costume worked at Werner Brothers which while we're on that subject there so we're, we're getting you know, so we're finished the There's, book so obviously yeah. I love how Batman's cape looks at the end as he's walking yeah. away it's a really nice shot uh, it's also worth mentioning he has a different bat suit than the current yeah. Rebirth suit and Frank did confirm on the Twitters that the rest of the books will eventually also have this suit. You know, because we've been saying that Doomsday Clock is set a year later in the uh-huh. DCU, and then by the time it finishes, everything else will catch up. Um, yeah. Which we never actually spoke about that when we when Doomsday Clock, we mentioned it's now going to end much later. I'm not worried about that because it's so far in advance that none of the teams for those books were writing their books for January anyway. Uh, no. So it, it just means they're all going to have another arc or two before Doomsday Clock. Yeah, and that's fine. I yeah. mean, this it's not, it's not stuff happens. Uh, it's also a uh, really close. You just read this, uh, mm. but the Earth One Batman 
It looks a lot like Frank and John's. It's, it's, it's very similar. It's not the exact same, but it is very no. similar. It's got the yellow yeah. oval back with the bat uh, that logo in it. Uh, yeah. It's a very similar to that outfit, um, which I don't mind. I, I do prefer the non-yellow oval look, but I, I don't have a problem with it either, so that's fine. Uh, and I'm not going to lie. I know some people are really upset that they're losing the purple cape. I'm not. I, I like that it, it's become a you know late late run. Uh, Snyder, <laughs> early run Rebirth era. I mm. like when they have different eras. Oh, sure, uh, yeah. You know, so that that's fine. I don't, again, I'm not broken up over it, but again, it's Batman. I don't get broken over a lot for Batman. Uh, also, the ears looking a little bit bigger, so I'm actually kind of cool yeah. with that, too. Uh, yeah. Makes a better silhouette. That's good. But yeah, they did confirm that the rest of the Bat books and, you know, other DC books, by the time we get to the end of Doomsday Clock, will also have this Bat suit. Uh, mm. So you can look forward to that. But I, I didn't notice it. Now, it is worth mentioning that uh, we have some back matter once again and I think it's worth talking about before we talk about the back matter itself uh, we, we out of curiosity we looked up Nathaniel Dusk just to, just, just to check yeah, like yeah. What, what was this a thing before was this a made up name did John's pull this from somewhere and it yeah. turns out it is actually a character from DC Comics history yeah from DC Comics well, past Nathaniel Dusk sounds a lot like Sam Spade like it's just one of these names that sounds cool to say sounds like a private eye so that's why I thought, oh, John's is doing his own retroactive continuity, a retcon, if you will, because that's what he's known for. But no, like Pete just said, he comes from a DC miniseries in the mid-80s that were Nathaniel Dusk. Yeah, two, two, uh, two miniseries. He had two. He had uh, both four-issue miniseries. And he's a yep. detective who began his career in 1934. Uh, he served in the United States Armed Forces, and I'm reading this by the way from DC Wiki. That's where I'm getting yeah. this from for anyone who's wanting this. Uh, after leaving the military, he worked as a policeman until he quit after becoming disgusted by the rampant corruption in the force. Dusk struck up a romance with the mother of two, uh, Joyce uh, Galeno. Now that ties in because at one point in this book, when he's talking about mm-hmm. how uh, he's lost the kids, he does say they were never really his. That's actually something he says to make himself feel better. Yeah. And I think at the time you read that is whatever, but no, for this version of the character that presumably inspired this he did have that history his wife was joyce which it is in this this movie in the in doomsday clock on top of that mm-hmm. his, the wife joyce was gone had gone into hiding from her mobster husband joseph costellino so we'll, i'll be curious to see if that name pops up if that's the gangster who yeah. shot her down uh, the vengeful husband ordered a hit on both his wife and dusk but only joyce died in the attack uh, Dust went after Costellino, and in the end, the gangster perished. Uh, Dust subsequently uh, took many other cases, but always made time to watch over Joyce's children, Jenny and Anthony. So so, so we far, get those names in yeah yeah so so far that is lining up with what's in this movie in this in Doomsday Clock. Yep, that is fascinating. I'm glad we looked this up before we, we came out to do this. This was uh-huh. a nice little find. Uh, so very interesting. Uh, and then the, the back matter uh, is like a sort of cheesy old Hollywood uh, magazine oh, uh, with an article it. about his death. Yeah. Um, now, it's funny, actually. I actually kind of glossed past the, the front cover of this back matter. I just kind of went straight to the story. So now I'm just looking at it for the other stories to see if there's any yeah. fun things here. Um, well, the name Norma Desmond comes up on that cover, right? And that's Mirror Campaign. Yeah. Norma Desmond is, is one of the main characters of... Sunset Boulevard. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. the actress's name. That's who I can't remember who the real actress that played her. 
But that's who she's playing in the movie. It's, yeah, it's yeah. worth mentioning Sunset Boulevard. The story in that is about an old-time actress who wants to like get back into the business, and it's basically oh. she's old and she wants to regain what her life once was. And I think thematically that lines up with what Rebirth and the DC Universe is kind of doing right now with this story. Yep. So uh, I think there's some parallels there. Uh, I'm just wondering, uh, is the boxer one uh, Jackie Johnson? Is is that anything? No, but he was in Easy Company with okay with with sergeant rock and he was trained by ted grant oh who is okay. also known by the name wildcat a member of the gsa, the GSA. yeah uh ooh, oh more ooh. gsa name drops that's interesting and, and again this this is this is an old magazine from the current era there this is a movie that exists in the dcu right so well, we know these characters ted grant which sergeant rock which makes We're me, real people. Yeah, which makes me... I mean, forgetting Sergeant Rock because he's not GSA necessarily. No, uh, At least not to my knowledge. Same, uh, same era. But these other characters, it makes me wonder if because history got rewritten, this is what these other characters ended up doing with their lives. Ted Grant yeah. was doing this because GSA didn't exist and he became Wildcat and so on and so yep. forth. Uh, yep. So no, that's, that's interesting. It's interesting. So, so amongst these other things, you find out about Carver Coleman's uh, history mm-hmm. and that he came, you know, he was the son of Irish immigrants and grew up on a farm in Indiana and he came out to Hollywood to, to hit it big. Yep. Uh, However, uh, we find out a lot of his history might be fabricated because when they look into it after yeah. his death, they, they can't find this farm that he supposedly grew up or who his parents were. And then there's like possible connections to a crime family. Yeah, to the Sabella crime family in yeah. Philadelphia. Uh, very interesting and he was found you know so he he gets murdered he's bludgeoned to death with his oscar that he won for for playing nathaniel dusk in a movie called lover's diet dusk which funnily enough is the name of the first nathaniel dusk story from 1984 yeah uh, yeah, unless he's a filmography or at least all the nathaniel dusk movies you get nothing left to lose a Killer Calls, Murder at Home, A Killer's Kiss, Lovers Die at Dusk, and then, of course, the final one was The Adjournment. Uh, yep. And these span from 1943 to the final one in 1954, which is The Adjournment, which they're watching in the book. So, this was really interesting back matter stuff. I actually really like this this stuff this time. Yeah. Uh, and then, so we, we get to the Coast to Coast secrets after the Coleman stuff, which mm. I also want to point out that, that Coleman's bludgeoned to death just like Night Owl won in Watchmen. He was beat with his police trophy, right? Okay, uh, yeah, I can see, I can see the, the comparison. So, so right, uh, right. So, so we end up getting to to the coast to coast secrets, and they talk about this actor named Frank Farr who cheated on his wife Barbara Stanwyck, who's a real life, you know, our world. Actress yeah, yeah, I, I recognize era, that name. Yeah, right. Um, and. You find out that he had an affair with this up-and-coming actress named Rachel Drake, and there was a baby girl that was born, uh, and her name is Rita Farr. Yeah. Who, what, are you, what are you going to say, Pete? No, 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 nothing. You continue. You continue. Uh, Rita Farr, who becomes Elastigirl, a member of the Doom Patrol, and mm. adoptive mother to Beast Boy. There's some deep connections for you people. <laughs> Bro, I go I go deep in this stuff. I go Rita Farr. I I pop up on my phone, 
Yep, Rita Farr is Elastigirl. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I can't say that I I recognize that they even oh. went that, but I read that and went, I bet this daughter is someone. Now, admittedly, yep. I don't think Elastigirl is one that I'd ever because I mean I'm not a big Doom Patrol yeah. guy. I'm, no. I'm not. I'm not super familiar with it. I but. just know that from there was a uh, there was a, a Beast Boy mini where he goes back out to L.A. and he talks about Rita, and mm. I was like, I know that name, so I, I did some things. And then there's Randy Booth, who's known as the Tin Soldier, and he gets thrown out of Jackie Johnson, the boxer's wedding. And you come to find out this is like his fourth wedding and uh, they got into a fight over what Tin Soldier, what Randy Booth says is a conspiracy surrounding Sergeant Rock's death. Hmm. Now, here's the thing about Sergeant Rock is in continuity, in DC continuity, he dies on the final days of the war, right? So he's kind of the spirit of World War II. You know, he's not meant to go past. So was this a hit job done in? Was this, you know... Booth seems to know more than what uh, than what he wants to say, and that's where Ted Grant's name gets gets on that he restrains Booth so the ceremony can keep going. Um, and yeah, he's undergoing treatment right now at, at a combat chest, so they're they're talking up to PTSD. Yeah, right? and then the final little story in the secret section. Uh, is about how John Law, a screenwriter, was questioned for Coleman's murder, but he's got an airtight alibi because he was on a, yep. he, was, he was he was in the the, the police tank for uh, for being yep. uh, a reckless drunk on the night of the murder. John Law was a mystery man known as Tarantula, uh, who was kind of just you know guns and. I don't you know, even I don't even feel bad. I don't know who John Law is. That is such a right. deep pull, Matt. <laughs> Yeah, re- read read the hit James <laughs> Robinson uh, mini The Golden Age from Warren John Law, where he's this the struggling writer, but he's also known for being a boyfriend to uh, oh, what's her name uh, Libby Lawrence, who ends up marrying Johnny Quick, and they're Johnny Quick and Liberty Bell, who end up having a daughter, who is a member of John's Justice Society, and marries our. Uh, Rex Tyler, who's Owlman, or Owlman, Owlman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so these just go deep. So if John that's Law... That's a deep pull. I'll give you that. That is, that is well, deep as but shit. But again, I, I have to... This, this is what I do. I this I is think, why I can't remember to do dishes sometimes, because it's just filled with I think small the, characters the, key, the key point here, though, is that John's just pulling from some obscure places in the DC universe. These, these are deep, deep pulls. These are all characters. Uh, now I don't know if Elastigirl was, but uh, you know, Tin Soldier, uh, Jackie Johnson, Sergeant Rock, um, John Law, Libby Lawrence. These are all characters that were around in the '30s, '40s. These were the the DC, you know, Justice Society of the wartime era. Yeah, you know, the, which these, goes back to the idea that these were all kind of like altered and erased, or they did something else because. The JSA history oh. isn't there. Yeah. So they were still there. They just maybe weren't the JSA. And now that plays into Johnny Thunder. And what does that mean for him? Because his, you know, his powers were, were magic based. They weren't, you know, you know, like Johnny Quick, who you remember this equation, you get to run fast. Or Libby Lawrence with her, you know, her reciting certain words, he gives her super strength. You know, it, it, it was a little bit different. So I wonder how that plays in. And, if it is magic, how does what does this mean for Doctor Fate of that era mm. and and uh, I almost said call him Sentinel, but Green Lantern, Alan Scott of that era, and the Starheart. So, oh man, it's my my DC. This is the first issue where I feel my DC 
tinglers going, you know, like. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the fact that it cut to uh, Thunder in the old folks' home was yeah. that the, the book was saying, "Hey, we're starting to think about this. Yeah. Start, start to you yeah. know poke around." Because, because up till now, it just really felt like a Watchmen sequel, and now that you start, you know, you had Superman show up at the end of the first issue yeah you had batman you had batman and lex in the last issue it was in gotham so yeah. it started to feel a bit more you know yeah. directly related but now it's really playing with all these ideas of things that have changed because of what's happened now if in the next issue we get that joker stuff and then while batman's in arkham there is a, a temporal anom- anomaly and he goes and talks to to saturn girl i'm gonna lose it pete like it'll i'll be doing backflips down the stairs I could see them saving the Saturn Girl stuff for a little bit later. I could see, I could see that waiting. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, that they're setting all the stuff up now that yeah. I've waited. We're coming up on on two years, you know, of of Rebirth. So uh, it makes me want to reread Rebirth. So I'm gonna have to dig that out. <laughs> issue uh, issue five will hit the the same roughly exactly. I would say roughly exactly. That's a weird thing to say, but you know what I mean. Is that's hitting more or less the same week that Rebirth issue one hit two years ago? Yeah. It's crazy. So that's the thing that's happening. Um, <laughs> so I think we can finally say we're wrapping up the Doomsday Clock talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have to fly through some of these other books. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, a couple of them are quite right. meaty. But yeah, we'll fly through some of the smaller ones. Yeah. Uh, but that wraps up Doomsday Clock for, for this month. And this is the mm-hmm. funny, with it being every every second month now, I feel like we're going to hold back even less next issue because it'll have been two months. Like, no, yeah. we're, di- we're digging deep into issue four. This is happening. As, yeah. as we should. But hey, so that's Doomsday yeah. Clock. Uh, we're actually hitting around the ninety-minute mark, and we've only talked about one book because that's that's you know that's the type of week it is. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's move on. Okay, so we'll go on to the regular books of the week, <laughs> um, starting with Detective. Club. We had a bit of a break between those two parts in case that yeah, wasn't I obvious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my demeanor's completely changed. Probably not in a bad way. Just you know, I'm sitting differently. I've had something to drink. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, but anyway, so Detective Comics 973, James Tenney in the fourth, Jesus Marino on the art. Uh, next part of this, this fall of the Batman arc. We ended last issue with a kaiju sized clayface storming through Gotham. And yeah, that's, boy. that's a lot of what this issue is. There's a lot of fun stuff with Batman, the Batmobile, kind of like, you know, dodging and swerving, trying to lead them down certain streets. There's all these shenanigans. Uh, I like this issue a lot, Matt. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it it's basically he Tinian's done such a good job at setting up some story threads that when they pay off, it just feels right. Like you don't yeah. feel like oh that's obvious. It yeah. feels like well that's where the story needed to go. And this Clayface, it it starts with Tim explaining the mudroom to Batman. And yeah, we got like, a flashback. You know, yeah, it's just when he's first building the uh, the belfry. The belfry, and yeah. I love the whole the thing where he goes, well you know we can't call it the cave because it's you know forty stories up. Oh, I see. That's why he kept the bell. And, mm. you know, Batman seems minorly annoyed and you know, that. But you find out that the mudroom was, you know, they were all traces of Clayface that they picked up over time. And it, it comes back to haunt them by if Tim hadn't made the mudroom, there wouldn't be, you know, 50-foot Clayface causing yeah. a muck. Uh, and when Clayface does break out at the start of the issue... Uh, Tim ends up falling through the sky. It's actually Batwoman who saves him, which is a nice little touch given their kind of, you know, weird, like, bond recently because, like, future Tim oh. wanted to kill her and, like, he's expecting yeah. her to do something bad. So there's, like, a weird, like, tension there, uh, which is going on. Honestly, my one complaint about the book, before we get to all the good, the, the, all the good stuff that uh, I think it's worth delving, delving into, uh, it's just anarchy. It's kind of, like, the weak element of this. 
Yeah, I would say the first victim on top of it, too. Uh, I, I just feel there's a, again, to borrow from wrestling, there's a face turn coming for Anarchy, and it's not... That's how they came. He did it in this issue. No, I know, but he's not... I still don't feel he's fully on that side. I feel like he's just not on first victim side anymore. He, you know? um, like... I still like First Victim. I think First Victim's great on his own with a victim syndicate. He's stuff with Anarchy, though. Anarchy, he's just he's flip-flopped a little bit too much. And so at this point where he decides to like turn on First Victim because he doesn't, he's not okay with all the civilians dying, uh, yeah. it, it's just like, okay, it makes sense, but it's just not that satisfying. So that's definitely the weak part of the issue for me. There's a smaller part of the yeah. issue, but it's definitely the one well, that I, I'd yeah, call out Yeah, and it just week. seems like the First Victim doesn't really care about anything but causing pain to Batman. Like this isn't this righteous cause anymore, uh, of him like trying to right the wrongs Batman has done. It really is like with with them weaponizing Clayface. It's they're no better than any other Bat villain at this point. Yeah, and I like that, you know. So no, so all that stuff's great. Uh, Steph like being like, hey, I'm where I need to be. That was nice because obviously she's been kind of like, oh, I'm a part of the team. I'm not part of the team. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, the heart of the issue once again is Cash with Clayface. Uh, she gets the stuff from October, jumps up, injects him, which puts him in human form for a little bit. And he's like, "Hey, she's like, hey, Clayface, you can fight this, you can fight this, Basil." And he's like, "I can't, I can't." Mm-hmm. And he starts turning. And of course, we've set up that Batwoman has a gun, and Bat- yeah, Batman's right, well. told her, "No go. You're not allowed to use colony weaponry in my city. God damn it!" And we get this giant cliffhanger where he's just about to turn back into Kaiju. And we get a full page spread of Batwoman taking the shot and the bullet going through his head. It is gobsmacking that final page. And, you know, <sighs> they, they could swerve us. They could swerve us and say that it's not her. Because you don't see her actually taking the shot in the panel. It's just, Obviously, it's heavily implied that it's her. You don't think that it's Tim, though, do you? Oh god! That, that shot. Yeah, that that would be. That, I don't think it is. I think I, I think it is just Batwoman. But I mean, I'm saying there's enough room there for them to swerve us and say, yeah. "Oh, it wasn't her that actually pulled the trigger." It could be Tim, yeah, though, because Tim was getting up. He was insisting on getting up and trying to do something. Yeah, because in this whole thing of Batwoman's the one to do it, and if if she lets him take that shot, then that that's his first path to becoming that dark version of Tim that we got. Yeah, he maybe he uh, steps in and that, that's what yeah starts the dark path because he st- he he stops yeah. her from doing it thinking that's what's going to cause the split, oh. but him doing it's going to cause the split as well. So maybe it's not uh, yeah. wor- worth the effort. But um, now some cool stuff in here. I mean, Clayface has his wrecking ball hand at one point, which is good fun. Yeah. Uh, the stuff where like the Batmobile's coming towards him and he's like created like a tunnel into his mouth uh, is really cool stuff. He's got like rows of teeth, like, just the one row. He's got multiple rows. He's got uh, like a shark. Yeah. Like- and it looks really good. Uh, that's it. I mean, just just for the record, like Batwoman is aiming the gun in the previous page. She's looking through the yeah. scope. So there's not a lot of wiggle room, but I do think it's possible they could say, "Oh, Tim jumped in at the last second and grabbed the gun and took the shot." Yeah, or or it could just be her because of her military training. She's doing what she needs to 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 prevent more casualties. Oh, of course. Like, I mean, that's the obvious option. That is her. Uh, I'm just saying, like, yeah. if they're going to swerve, is that'll be. Their, their wiggle room to do it, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, they end in this page of him getting a, a headshot with this this gun that supposedly has the right stuff in it to uh, to put him down. So yeah. I mean, of course, the other swerve could be that Tim quickly modified it so it wouldn't be lethal. 
Yeah, that, that could be it too. That, that, that could always be it. I don't think we're killing Clayface. I feel like that that's unlikely, but... Uh... Well, I feel like they already have by, by explaining, like, he'll never be able to be Basil again, really. You know, like, he... With the whole... They had to get the, the, the cure to him at a certain point, right? With that bracelet. Hmm. And that's what Oshawa were saying. So I feel like him being able to to even pretend to have a normal life that that time's passed and now he'll be Clayface. But yeah, I don't think this is the death of Clayface. Yeah, but Brace your heart, Cassie's reaction at the end is what was what hits you. Yeah. Ugh. And that that's the last thing too cuz they they've been adding these uh the the previews for for the new age of heroes. So it feels like there's much more to go. And mm. as I'm reading it and I get to the last page, I go to turn the page and there's nothing else there. And I was like, oh, man. Yep, that's what a cliffhanger to go out on. No, I agree. Uh, back, when, back when I was on Physical Issues, I used to have that problem as well. You'd feel like there's a lot more book left and you'd get to, oh, no, there's a, a five-page preview or something at the end. So yep. you're actually finished the book already. It's like, damn it. Yep. Uh, yep. So that, that was a thing. Uh but yeah, I, I think we'll do that for Detective. But that, that was a, I thought it was a really strong issue. Anarchy aside, I think it was a really strong next chapter. I think the last, what, now three issues total, including this one, yeah. have all been great payoff to everything that's been building up in the in the book. I agree. So, no. And then the art's pretty strong. It's not Gary Frank strong, but it's pretty strong. Well, no, but any yeah. other week, though. Th- I think we'll be saying that a lot through these. It's just, it's unfortunate that Doomsday Clock is yeah. the same week as a lot of these good ones. Yeah. But uh, so that's, the, that's Detective Comics. That'll take us on to Action Comics nine nine six. Dan Jorgens writing, Will Conrad on the art. Uh, this is you know obviously we left last issue. They went through time again, but now they, they landed in a, a Zod controlled planet of some kind. It doesn't seem to be yeah. Earth because there's multiple suns. Yeah. And uh, and we find that out real quick that they are sometime in the future. Uh, somewhere that Zod has taken over. But they, they do not know when or where though. They don't actually know. No. Uh, it's implied that it's not too far in the future because it seems like after Zod got his son in uh, what's her face yeah. oh. Ursa Ursa thank you uh, when he got them out of the Phantom Zone it seems that after that he went to another planet conquered it and this is this planet years later yep. uh, new and obviously and new new Krypton new cri- yeah new Krypton is what he's calling it uh, but that would mean uh, because at the end of the book the big cliffhanger is that his son uh, uh Lore? Lorzod. I was going to say Larzod. I'm thinking of Laron the werewolf, the Kryptonian werewolf. You that's are. what I'm thinking of. But yeah. Also known as the, one of the coolest characters ever. Yeah. Lorzod is like, you know, an adult. He's like 20, 30, whatever he is at yeah. the end. So. He's got, a, he's got a sweet beard and hair combo going on. Like, better than his dad ever did. So I'd say it's about 12 to 15 years in the future. You know, based mm-hmm. on what age he was when he was a kid, uh, when he came out of the Phantom Zone. Yeah. Zone. Which means, like, either. He comes across some kind of Kryptonian technology because this is a thriving planet, mm. right? Uh, and it looks like Krypton, but you find out that they've kind of enslaved the people of that yeah. planet. Well, that's what that's what I mean when I say you know where is this? Because obviously it's New Krypton, but like what turned into New Krypton? Because this has to be right. a civilization that was already there. So I think that's interesting. You know, um, there's they, a lot. There's a lot more of the lowest stuff in this issue with. Uh, her try to sneak into this country to save her dad and I'm really not enjoying it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not either. Not, do, do, do I what, want to. Do you know what I think my problem right. is is I feel like it's just it's it feels too feels on Lois. It feels like I needed something for Lois and John to do while Superman's, you know, yeah. time traveling. 
that's true. But that'd be okay if it felt like a more of a typical Lois thing. I feel like this is such an extreme thing. Like, Lois is sneaking into a country and trying to save her dad, and she's, like, fighting soldiers at various points. And I'm like, I'm not actually saying that I don't think Lois could handle that situation. It's just that it, for, for, for what is the side plot to this other story going on, it feels too heavy yeah. and, like, big. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree and, there. And there's a lot of John like following the shadows, going, "Well, mum, if you if you don't don't handle something, I'll be here." But he's he's just kind of in yeah. the shadows, uh, doing his yeah. thing. So, um, but I love Booster and Skeets in this interacting with Superman. Mm. You kind of find out that Superman's like one of the greatest heroes of all time, but he really can't handle time traveling. Like, no. He can't not not disrupt the butterfly. I do, I do, I do like that because it, it kind of like they, they find out this planet's enslaved and they're pretending to be. Yeah. Like uh, part of the population for a little bit, and yeah. it, it goes all wrong by the end because you know Lord Zod comes shows up and you know I presume yeah. we're going to start next issue with a big fight. But yeah. basically, Booster's like, "Hey, you don't have to save these people, Superman. Like, if we go back to our present day, we'll stop mm-hmm. this from ever happening. It doesn't matter." Yeah. And Superman's like, "But they're they're, they're in pain. They're they're, they're, they're right they need now. help." And it's like, yeah. "But it'll be erased. They'll never go through this." Uh, yeah. So I, I like that that kind of debate there where he's I don't want to say he's dumb but it is almost like a, a stupidity oh. thing here where he doesn't accept the idea he's, that this will just never happen if he yeah. just goes back and fixes it in present day. Uh, always the best description I ever heard about the difference between Superman and Batman came from Dan Didio surprisingly enough, and he always has said that Superman's a firefighter, Batman's mm. a cop. One's very proactive, one's very reactive, and Superman's very reactive he really can't do his job until something has happened versus batman who's actively trying to do things you know to prevent things from happening and and that shows that here is he is reacting to these people in pain being enslaved but he you know so he feels like he needs to do something i like it because it's a natural Uh, weakness yeah it's a weakness in his character uh, mm-hmm. and Superman doesn't have a lot of those because he was very boy scouty of course and he does yeah. everything right it's nice that he has and it, I mean it's funny because it's one of those weaknesses where he's just almost too good he can't not yeah. <laughs> but as a exactly. weakness so it's, it's something and, that... and he has to learn from Booster who's rough around the edges going like hey I do this all the time take it from someone who knows and it makes Booster seem kind of like a jerk but he's right this is a future that might never exist Yeah, you know you're playing with the stacked deck yeah, uh, Eradicator's there as well. Of course, he's been helping with the last because oh. we, we knew he was with the with the Zods. Yeah, uh, from the last well, and I time. love how they, they take it out and then Skeets uh, goes under not undercover but masquerades as one of those those security drones. Yeah, and is animating the Eradicator, and he's like, "Guys, you know how hard I don't need your bickering right now." Yeah, yeah, he's complaining because they're they're bickering about time travel and saving people. Yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. good. Uh, I, I thought this issue was. I think overall, I'd say it was okay. Like I, I like some of the yeah. ideas. I didn't like the low stuff mm-hmm. very much. I think the art's just okay. Some of the faces were occasionally a little bit yeah. sort of bland uh, yeah. in their execution. It was fine. It's it's kind of an uptick from the last couple issues. Yeah. So I mean, I'll it, take it's, that. it's basically an encapsulation of how Action Comics has been since it started. Where there's some good, mm-hmm. there's some bad, there's some really mediocre. It's kind of all over the place in that sense. Uh, but. It's still, if you like Superman, you just, you're worth sort of working through it and reading it. Uh, but it's, it's never a standout, I don't think. Well, not usually, anyway. There's been maybe one or two standout no, it's, issues. It, it's been baseline, and that's all I can ask for as a Superman fan. It, it's a fun read. I enjoyed this one. So, And that, that at the end with Lord Zod, and of course you have the Neil line and all that. So, yeah. 
Nothing. Nothing will top find him. Well, well yeah. That, well, that was funny at the start. Where the, the the drone kept saying, "You will kneel before Zod. You will kneel before Zod." Yeah. And eventually, like Superman just snaps and starts smashing the shit out of the <laughs> the drones yeah. and the robots. Uh, so, no, so there's some fun stuff in there, but it wasn't like a standout issue by any means. Yeah. Uh, so that's action. Uh, that'll take us on to Wonder Woman number 39, James Robinson writing with Emanuela Lupacino and Carmen Carnero on art. Oh, the art. Art's Lupacino. nice. Yeah, art's nice. Love it. Uh, Story's great. And then Jason shows up and you're just like, enough of him. Well, this is the thing. The Silver Swan stuff, I'm still enjoying. I like the fight. I like yeah. that throughout the entire fight, she's like, oh, I'm, I'm not her anymore. I, I, you know, I'm Silver Swan. To the point where she, my only criticism is that she she makes the same mistake twice where she says, uh, my mom, and then corrects herself and says, oh no, her mom, yeah. in third person. Right. And I like that once. I didn't need it twice. Twelve felt like it was like forcing it down my throat a little bit, but... Yeah. yeah, minor pay quibble. attention, pay attention. Yeah, yeah, minor quibble. Uh, but the actual fight looked great. Uh, all, all the fight in this this poor little neighborhood uh, is getting wrecked. Uh, even yeah. more so when Jason decides to show up and he has no concern for collateral damage. He's like, "I'm going to make a tornado." Yeah. <laughs> like, Jason, yeah, this is cool, right? People live here, Jason. God yeah. damn it! But uh, the fight was good. I would. Cliff what I, I wouldn't okay. trade for him to trade places with, or what I wouldn't give. For him to trade places with Hercules. Just in that short, what, three pages Hercules showed up at the beginning of Robinson's run, mm-hmm. I instantly connected versus this guy who we've been stuck with now for, like, what, four issues? And I'm just yeah. over him. And, of course, it looks like Silver Swan slits his throat at the end, but he's clearly still alive. They're not going through with it. I almost popped, though, when, when she did it, though, and you see the blood coming from his neck. I'm like, yes, kill him, like, quick death. Good. Yes. At least he won't be able to talk for a little bit. <laughs> that's just some truth yeah he gets bored cleaning up Wonder Woman's apartment because remember he wrecked the last issue with the parties yeah. uh, and sees it on the news that she's fighting and decides that he wants to go and show her a real hero does it mm-hmm. he's, he's a little shit yeah Jason's awful yeah. Uh, the dark side stuff was whatever I did appreciate that he like because he's on like he's in the jungle on earth and yeah. Grail's questioning why we're here why not? Why are we not an apocalypse? And he, he actually does acknowledge a uh, continuity right now. He says, yeah. uh, you know, apocalypse is unsafe because it's had some rotating leaders, and it's you know it's referring to the Lex and Superman stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah. oh, it's, it's nice they're acknowledging that. It's not you know feels yeah. part of the same world. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, every all, all the loyal people will be tested. So the loyalty will be tested when I when I deem it appropriate. Is basically his, his thing. Uh, and some of the Furies show up, and he's they're, they're yeah, off to steal the sure next right. artifact that he wants because he was that's what that's what was happening before he was stealing artifacts, uh, and Steve and his guys are protecting something, so they get into a bit of a fight. There's not a whole lot of that there, but it's kind of no. stuff that's been bubbling over since the start of his run, so worth mentioning, yeah. I guess. Uh, the fight's good though; it is most of the issue though is the fight, so it, it, it reads mm-hmm. quite quick in that sense. Uh, one of the dark side pages is overtexted to shit. There's like far too many bubbles. But uh, most of it's oh, yeah. very dialogue light because it's mostly the fighting. Yeah. Uh, and the fight did look good. I like the fight. Uh, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say that. So yeah. it's not a terrible issue, but God damn it, Jason, I could be doing me less of him. <laughs> Eat tornado. That's what I just like. That's it. I really like after the tornado happens and he thinks, oh, that'll be her. Uh, I like the panel of Silver Spawn. You just see the wings and then her face is completely in shadow. Yep, and you just see the she's eyes. Just seeing cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a really creepy very, image. Very bird of prey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we end because uh, Wonder Woman cuts one of her wings, which causes some sort of explosion. 
<laughs> and <laughs> they're all falling through the sky, uh, and that's a cliffhanger. So yep. it's, it's, it's an okay issue. The, the stuff I like. De- definitely yeah. this arc is much better than the previous arc, but it still has yeah, the lingering Jason problem. And, and it's great to look at, because now uh, that's two in a row with Lupacino. Yes. So... Uh, I'm going to. I'll put money on her not being on the. I, I could check the solicits and tell yeah. you, but I'll put money on her yeah. not being in the next one. Yeah, it seems about right. Yeah, but uh, hey, what can I say? It, it, it looked good, and I do like the Silver Swan, so I can't. I can't mm-hmm. completely fault it. Uh, so it ends up being in a similar place to action, actually, and and that way, whereas stuff I like, stuff I don't like, mm-hmm. just kind of falls in that 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 kind of place. Yeah. Uh, but that'll take us on to the Flash number thirty-nine, aka the Flash seven hundred, uh, written Ooh-hoo. by Joshua Williamson, art by Carmen Diagente, Gian Domenico, if I say that properly. Um, back. He's back, yeah, for issue seven hundred. And Joe, you know I'm going to give this issue credit because I feel like we we had obviously these issue eight hundred and seven hundreds for Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman uh, about a month or so ago. They were a little bit earlier, and. I do want to say, none of those issues feel like they made a point of making it feel special because it was a 100th issue. I feel like The Flash yeah. actually kind of did. This felt like a kind of notable issue. Yeah, it, it felt like a milestone issue. Yeah, it did. Uh, while also continuing Williamson's story because it, it it goes back onto some of the things that have happened since Rebirth and even in The Flash's history before. And we get some cool guest spots. Uh, which I'm always a fan of yeah, yeah. in these issues. And it so. builds the shit out of Grodd. It really makes him feel oh. big. It's Grodd with yeah. Speed Force, which is absolutely terrifying. Which, which I like. That was one of the things that I liked that they introduced during uh, Manipal and Buccellato's run in the New 52 was that the gorillas, it's not just the meteorite, but they also kind of worship the Speed Force. And that Grodd, who was supposed to take over as king, feels like Barry has usurped his speed power or his speed force power, and that's what draws mm. him to the Flash. And we kind of find out that Grodd's been behind Black Hole this whole yeah, time. Yeah, we find out that uh, the, the the god Regine or whatever his name is, he he's been working Regine. for him. Mina's working for him. Uh, the the Doctor guy gets assassinated in this uh, this issue because yeah. he was going to talk to you know whoever, yeah. so he gets assassinated. Uh, Kid Kid Flash and uh, Avery. Avery, yeah, the, who, the Flash who, from Justice League China, and they even referenced that he says, "Hey, what are you doing yeah. here? Aren't you busy with the Justice League of China?" And she's like, "Oh, no, I got a bit of time off, but you know, I was happy to meet the Justice League, and she references recent events. That's pretty cool." Uh, and she tells Wally, "You know, you should really come to China. Like, Flash was just there, and they, they ah. reference what had happened. Which, anytime they can, you know, put a spotlight on on New Superman and the Justice League of China, I'm mm. I'm fine with." And the. Uh, the first few pages like really do a good job of like setting the mystery and it's Grodd monologuing about power and how people worship oh. it, but it's time for the true owners to take it back. So it's all nice build up, but I actually like that the issue because we ended last issue with like Barry trying to talk to Iris and most of this issue is Barry like, hey, I want you to forgive me, I want us to be friends again, and you know what what is, what's that going to take? And she's like, hey, we'll talk about us. But I need to know everything about the Flash. You need to be honest about everything. And it's him like, okay, so I'll tell you how I got my powers. It's like, oh, please. Like, I'm a reporter. I figured, as soon as you t- I found out you were the I Flash, love- I put together all the, the early bits. I like, yeah. Uh, yeah, you get struck by lightning in the lab. This happened, blah, blah, blah. And she's just, yeah. so we get one page of that. 
And there's some fun stuff where she's on the watchtower and he's like, hey, like, yeah, this is the Justice League watchtower. And obviously there's that really great funny line where she's like, hey, do you know who Batman and Superman are? Because if you do, you could tell me and I could scoop Lois Lane. And I'm like, okay, that was a funny line. I'll give you, I'll give you points for that, Williamson. Well, I love, I love that Barry, too, being like the Boy Scouts. Like, those aren't my secrets to tell. Well, like, they're not. Like, that's, on, that's a good point. Real. Yeah. And she, yeah. She, she can't argue with that because it's not his secrets to oh. tell. I do like the idea, though, that if she does some someday find out that Clark is Superman and that he's married to Lois, then she'll be like, damn it, my scoop! I, I, I thought I was going to scoop her she's, and she's known this whole time. She's going to be pissed because it's going to feel like, you know, they work together to, to keep that facade up and she's going to be like, come on, guys. Well, Integ- do- journalistic integrity. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's funny because you... I like that, like, if she says, ah, Lois knows about Superman, like, yeah, but, yeah well, she does now, but she didn't always, like, the early days no. of Superman were always the, you know, the, the weird love triangle well, where she didn't, yeah. Yeah, and I want her to, to get all caught up on, on that and go, well, you know Barry's, and you're not going to say anything, right? So mm. why would it be any different? Like, I, I you know... I like what it sets up there. Yeah, obviously we like Carmine on the the art, but I want to particularly yep. point out the colouring, especially when they're in space. I like how the blues and purples yeah. of space kind of contrast with all the reds it's and very yellows. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it's a really nice contrast, uh, and then it all builds up because you basically eventually Barry's like, okay, I'll tell you some more stuff, and he's talking to Iris, and then. Grodd's and it's the same narration boxes we got at the start of the issue yeah. and we, I kind of obviously we knew Grodd was coming so I assumed it was Grodd anyway but Grodd starts Just talking cover, to him yeah. in his head it's like he it's like he can hear his narration because he actually references what Barry was just thinking about because Barry says because yeah. Iris is like okay you need to tell me everything and Barry does this cool thing in his head where he's like okay I'll tell you everything but am I really ready to talk to you about the fact that there's another Wally West and where he comes from because yeah. I don't even know where he comes from really like we're still trying to figure yeah. that out uh, so he's just thinking about telling her that, and that's when Grodd comes in and says, "Hey, uh, I know your fears, Barry. Like you want to tell her this, but she'll never because you know the Flash is the you know that's the only thing that makes you interesting. You she'll she'll drop you. That's what you're worried about." And I'm like, "Oh, Grodd's doing his telepath thing. This is exciting." Yeah. And it all kind of builds up. It's, it all kind of builds up, but it's a really cool moment. Again, talking about the coloring, I loved my favorite page of the book. It's probably when the Grodd starts talking to him, and time slows down, and there's like, all the the the, the snow mm-hmm. or the rain slowing down around them like i can see this in a, a, a kind of movie or or in like an episode of the tv where show the, where you have to move the rain out yeah. of the way like a curtain yeah yeah uh and it's like he's there and he's like touching the raindrops and he hears like the you know the, the crack of chrome you know the, the lightning across the yep. across the city and that's when he runs into you know uh multiplex is there with mina uh Ryzen, and speed force multiplex let's not sleep on that oh like, true yeah multiplex has speed force yeah, speedster, yeah. speedster multiplex. That's a very good point, mm-hmm. Matt. Thanks for making sure we mentioned that. And then you get the grod hand coming in, grabbing him, and we get our big final page of him on his throne saying, uh, "He's here for the speed force. The speed force will finally be mine. My life depends on it." Which is very interesting. My life depends on. It. That's a very mm-hmm. interesting sentence to end on. Well, he looks much older than he has before. Yeah. So I'm wondering if the speed force has done something to him to, to age him. Uh, yeah. And if this. If this means we get to go to Gorilla City and meet Salvar and all that stuff, sweet. That could be Gia good Domenico fun. Yeah. drawing more gorillas, I'm fine with. Yeah, I I love this issue. I, I want to make that clear because I, I think we've Me been too. very we've been very positive on Flash. I think typically, but we, but always like oh no, it's it's it's, it's like a consistent B plus book. It's always a B plus. Very rarely yeah. is in the the A territory. I feel yeah, like this, this issue. Yeah, this issue was one of the best issues that he's done. Uh, yep. 
And it's capitalising on a lot of stuff that we've been building up to. The stuff with Iris felt important and great. Um, I, I suppose you could sort of roll your eyes and be cynical and say, well, I mean, she's found out he's the Flash before in previous continuity, but it feels pretty important in this, in yeah, this continuity. We, out, of all the, out of all the characters who had their stuff changed... Barry, it really affected Barry, like, the Flashpoint. Ba- ba- Barry and Superman uh, are the ones who really got sh- uh, sh- shafted. And Superman yeah. got a lot of his stuff back because of Rebirth, and we got, you know, lost yeah. back with John and all the rest of it. Um, yeah. Whereas here, Barry was still kind of putting these pieces back together. So, yeah, it's nice to have her finding yeah. out. It's nice to be getting closer to the, the Barry and Iris we kind of want. And, yeah, obviously we love Grodd as well. But Of course. I think what I love about this issue, though, is how it treats it with such weight. It treats like Grodd like this mm-hmm. this threat, and when when Grodd invades on his like thoughts, we feel it as a reader because normally we're the only ones getting their thoughts because we're getting the narration boxes. So having yeah. another narration box pop in and reference what the other person just said in his narration box it, is kind of magical. It makes him feel yeah. Well, it makes him feel omnipotent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's really effective. It works really well. Uh, and then the art's great, of course. Like I say, that page with the the, the slow down rain's fantastic. The the page with Grodd's hand coming out and grabbing him, fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I I am oozing praise over this issue. I think this was a great issue. Great issue, yeah, Flash. I agree. So I am I'm very excited to see where this art goes and if they can maintain this upper level of quality. Uh, I mean, Tom King got a lot better in Batman as he went along. There's no reason why Williamson can't yeah. you know also. Yeah, well, I feel he came out of the gate like can't, I, I didn't want to make a speed pun, but he came out of the gate fast, and it was really good early on, and then he had to settle into it and then rebuild it, and mm. you know that 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 arc with the with the rogues where they were stealing stuff concurrently that was good. I really enjoyed yeah, that. that. Was really good, yeah. And then you know the shadows realm stuff, eh, and we, we've gone up and down, and now with Mina as the negative flash and multiplex, that he just turned it up to eleven. And we'll see where that goes. And and we have Avery and Wally teaming up, and yeah. I'm sure that's not the last of the team ups we'll see. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I I think it's yeah. I feel like yeah, it's been up and down a little bit early on. Like I say, that shadow stuff was probably the weakest of the whole whole run. There was only yeah. two issues, admittedly, so it's not a big deal. Exactly. Uh, but I, I think it's it's been getting more consistent as it goes, and then it feels like it got consistent, and it's been consistent for a while because you had we had blood work, you had negative flash, you had all this yeah. stuff, and then it's ramped up into Grodd for uh, issue well, yeah, seven hundred. And don't forget. Don't forget uh, Reverse Flash, Professor Zoom, all that stuff too. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's been good. Uh, but no, I, I actually think this might be might be the best issue of the, the run so far. Yeah. I, I I came out of this feeling really positive. Uh, I I think this and then that first issue of that rogue arc where he's in like a what country was it? He was in another country like stopping yeah. this big heist, but it turned out they weren't actually there. I really like that yeah. issue. That was a good issue. Yeah. Alright, so that'll take us on to Batgirl number 19, Hope Larson writing, Chris Weldgus on art, uh, which apparently is his last issue. Uh, I think I saw him on Twitter this week saying that he was, he was you know, sad that he was leaving Batgirl yeah. for all things. Your yeah. mic's going, by the way, Matt. Uh, but, yeah, he's been pretty good. Obviously, we all loved Albuquerque back at the start of the run, but Weldgus has been yeah. a solid, uh, solid... Yeah, he, he's kind of been the definitive rebirth Batgirl artist. Yeah. Because it's been so consistent. Yeah, I, you know, it took maybe one or two of those one-shot issues off, but he's been yeah. on the arcs since mm-hmm. after uh, Albuquerque left. So mm-hmm. uh, this issue. Now let's get the first thing out of the way. The, the arc is called Cold Snap. I came in <laughs> ready for the myth, the Gun man, the myth, the legend. Blazing! And when I got through this, I just had a small chuckle, going, 
Well, Pete's about to be disappointed. The the, <laughs> the, the man, the myth, and the legend that is Cold Snap uh, was not in this issue. He may still show up, but I feel like the, the, the title's just the pun for the, the because there's, there's cold stuff going on, not because Cold Snap himself is going to... Well, I, I mean, that's kind of what it is, is that the story revolves around a freak blizzard in, in Gotham and Burnside, yeah. which you could call a Cold Snap. Like, oh yeah, because you know, the there's even a joke where they say, oh, it started to snow a little bit, that's weird, the, the weather didn't say anything about that. Well, yeah. hey, I'm sure it's just a quick little few speckles, it'll be you know gone by noon, and then it cuts to that double-page spread where the, the street is just covered in snow, and there's like yeah. kids sledding and all sorts, and then the it's... penguin starts sledding because he likes the snow. Fun. Yeah, he's, he's in his natural... This felt, and I mean this in the best way possible, like an episode of a cartoon series. It kind of it did, actually. Uh, Joe, I really like, I'm surprised I like this so much, but I love the little bat parka that she's wearing with her suit. Yeah. Uh, when it's cold. It's got little, It's got little bat, bat logos on the shoulder. I like that her cape still comes out the back. She's got the furry oh. hood. Um, and she's got a scarf on. I really like. I I prefer classic look bat girl, but I actually think this little jacket worked well with her, her outfit. It's- yeah, it has a function. It's keeping her warm, yeah. and it makes sense, you know. I just, I just, I just yeah. does it all good. Uh, I and I'll appreciate on a character level the fact that Babs takes her coffee black, like that. <laughs> hey, you know? more than that, I appreciate that Babs shows up to save a donut shop in the middle of the night and then eats four donuts before she leaves. That is, uh, that's yeah. my Babs. And I, I, we get a little bit of political commentary in this, but also we got commentary on the like the hipster community for lack of a better term <laughs> and like this donut shop opens and it's competing with the mom and pop shop which you know and and i feel it's kind of a take on on these donut shops like we have one here and they made a key lime donut and i love key lime pie but some things just need to be left alone like we don't need a key lime donut uh it, and so I, I like that commentary like the mom and pop shops just it's still I, I, killing it because they're simple donuts yeah, well, well, this I, other I, one is doing too much. I feel like the, the 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 commentary there is more to do with like franchises trying to like impede the the little guy. I guess there's that too. Yeah, you, you can you can pick on that, but <laughs> I love how you went super specific though with your 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 types of donuts. Though I yeah, appreciate well, I man, appreciate the thought process. <laughs> maple bacon donuts have become the bane of my existence because it seems oh. like such a good idea, and then in practice it has to be like there has to be different factors at play for it to end up being good. Mm. And yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I'm a fan of many a donut. I, I I do enjoy the Oreo donut with the Oreo yeah. cream inside it. That's really nice. Uh, good stuff. But anyway, so yeah, so so this donut shop's been been robbed. She shows up and helps. It turns out the thugs that are threatening this old couple are basically actors who have been hired to just like do this. And yeah. as soon as Batgirl shows up and threatens them, they basically just buckle and like, please don't hurt us, please don't hurt us, we're actors. It, yeah. And, she, and they're not she, good at that because they're hitting every gangster movie trope. Of, yeah. Yeah, get out of town. You know, 22 skidoo uh, and all this. And I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. And, and, then, and then Babs even has a little joke with them where she pretends, oh, that's okay. You were just pretending. Oh, you, you leave. And then they, they get up to go. She's like, oh, shut up. I was kidding. I'm a good actor too. Yeah. You're staying here yeah. till the police arrive. And then yeah. we find out the next day that she had four donuts. Babs, yeah. my hero. My hero, Babs. You are indeed. <laughs> uh, but so the plot is that so we have this this freak snowstorm, and because it's so suspicious, and the mayor is like, ah, Penguin's okay. He's he's, he's basically keeping the city, the, the town of Burnside, going. So he's yeah. he's okay with Penguin hanging around. But she goes to investigate why the the, the blizzard's so weird. Yep. And, and she, you find out that the the mayor appointed this new like 
he he's kind of control of of getting the weather message out, you know, like. But you find out he's a climate change denier. So yeah, they mentioned you know, that. Of course, so, has problems talk, with talk that. about talk about getting political. By the way, that, and that, that's what I yeah. read at, and and I like that it does it here, and it's it's kind of in the Percy, it's over the top, but it also feels cartoony, so it drives oh, that point home. Let's not gloss over the fact that Babs has her own bat snowmobile. Can we just yeah. can we talk about that? I mean, she runs a tech company. I would assume she has all sorts of custom stuff. Oh, sure, but I just—I I, we just—we turned the page, and she had like she's arriving to the building in this snowmobile that's got like the bat fins at the back, and I'm like, oh man, she has a snowmobile. Like, does it snow often enough in Burnside and Gotham that she would have the? She would think she would need a, a snowmobile on a regular basis. I'm just saying. Yeah. Especially since she normally has a car, so I'd expect expect a little snowmobile, like the little you know bike version. Yeah. But no, she has a full-on bat car-looking oh. thing. Yeah. Snow Batmobile. Bat Snowmobile. White Batmobile. I don't know what you call it. but I don't know, I don't know but it's cool. Like, yeah. If this was the golden age of toys, we would have had a toy of this. Yeah, so she, she goes to the AWA, the local office, which is the American Weather yep. Association. Uh, I mm-hmm. learned something there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Batgirl. Uh, yeah. And apparently, basically, she finds out that... Uh, there's some fun stuff where the guy's really impressed that she's good at hacking and like building computer yeah. code and stuff. Uh, but she finds out that someone's hacked in and stopped everyone from knowing what's what's going on, and it's yeah. all a bit of a ruse. It references the Batgirl annual with Supergirl because uh, yeah, what, what was the what was the spur. villain spur? There you go. Uh, she yeah. finds some evidence, a little spur, literally a little spur that yeah. uh, leads back to them, and she remembers she ran to them with Supergirl, uh, and she goes on her, her snowmobile out to their hideout. Yeah. And takes them on, but they've they've just been playing poker. They, they've been doing nothing. Well, that's not poker. They're playing a full-on board game. Oh, you're right. That yeah, involves government processes because these guys are basically the Ron Swanson oh, of yeah. supervillains. I, I, I thought it was Risk actually. Now that you bring it that's, up, yeah. But it, it seems to me like it's a Risk Settlers of Catan kind of yeah. board game where there's government policies and you have to get around them in certain ways. And but no, the way that they're talking so. They're cowboy themed and they're red, white, and blue, and they're they're, they're oh, basically. I just, Matt, I, I didn't even realize they were red, white, and blue until you said that. I just yeah, know, yeah, yeah. good catch, and, uh, good catch. Yeah, and so they're basically about smaller the government, the better, and that's what they were trying to do. It's not necessarily they're trying to ruin things. It just it's their philosophy that the more government's bad. Yeah, and speaking they're of not a serious threat. You know. Speaking of this being more of a cartoon episode, and I again, yeah. I mean this in a positive way. Yeah. So one of them has like a star, like a branding star. Yeah. They put it in the fireplace. They're going to brand Batgirl with it, which is super dark almost. But she sees yeah. it coming and then kicks the guy into him, and what the, the bad guy in white gets branded in the ass with a star. Right, and because it's snowy, he goes out and puts his butt in the snow. Yeah, that's that's that is Home cool Alone. Off. That is proper yeah. Home Alone comedy. That is right, and it's so slapstick. And, and, and we find out that these guys are more buffoons than anything, and they're not behind it. Yeah, you know, pretty so. much. And it may all be a ruse. She kind of figures out that the, the sperm may have been planted, and yep. our, our friend Quader was uh, sort of bragging earlier on. He's got, he got a new job, but he's not allowed to tell him what it is. It's all kind of top secret. Yep. But he sends her a text saying, "Hey." Bad guys are trying to break into the secret government facility that I'm working at. Here's the location. Come and get me, please. Help. Uh, so that's the cliffhanger. She speeds yeah. off in her mobile because uh, this might have all been like a ruse to get her out the, out the town. Yep. You know, and you know, t- just steal whatever's at this building. She doesn't know what this, they're there for. That's a mystery still. Nope. But we'll find that yep. out possibly next issue. Uh, yeah. It's a really weird issue when I actually say out loud what, what, what happened in it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. donut theft, uh, freak blizzard, the, the spark gang and yeah. everything in between 
but I had a lot of fun, so I can't really complain. <laughs> it was so much fun. Like, yeah. it, it goes beyond. Like I, I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun reading it. And plus, with the wild goose art, it, it feels it has that cartoony vibe. It and does, yeah. Just the way, like with red, white, and blue of, of the spur guys, just again like, their interactions, it feels you know, it just felt right. So I'm sad to see wild goose go, but we'll see yeah. who picks it up. I think the the solicit for the April. I don't know if this is who's going to be on it next month, but yeah. for April, I think it was a uh, uh, Jung who was on it, uh, Minkayu Jung. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So no. So they uh, did the the Harley issue last, right? That one off the Christmas. I think so, and the art was good in that. I mean, we didn't yeah. weren't too fussed about the story, but the art was good. Yeah. Uh, for a call oh. correctly. Uh, cool. But I don't, I don't know if they're doing arcs or if that's just like a one time thing in April. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, so that'll take us on to Teen Titans number 16 this is a fill-in issue uh, Percy's had a couple off because the last one was the Super Sonics crossover which was Tomasi yeah. and then this is a, a one-shot issue with Marv Wolfman um, and uh, Tom Derenick who's on art uh, Percy yeah. does come back though because he's, he's in the solicits for the next issues so uh, mm-hmm. this was just a, a quick fill-in this is a Starfire-focused issue get your jokes out of the way Matt uh, no, no, no jokes no jokes I, I've made enough Okay, okay. Uh, so, as a Starfire issue... You did recognise who's on the cover, though, right? I, 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 yes. Okay. It, it caught my eye. Sure. And there's a lot about with Beast Boy and Raven, and it's kind of... This show is kind of about her feeling self-conscious because she thinks she's too old for the other teammates, and the other teammates... Like, because they, they, they say something to each other at one point, and she doesn't hear, and she says, oh, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, it's, it's young people stuff, you wouldn't get it. And then she feels self-conscious, and that's kind of the plot of the issue, is she goes off and gets into a fight feeling self-conscious. And so, then, by the end, it's like, oh no, we were just being embarrassed because we were talking about something stupid. And it's like, oh, you guys. And then they... I didn't like this issue. Yeah. This was bad. So so when I heard about this, and it was Wolfman coming back to write the character he created, and and it was going to deal with the relationship between Beast Boy, Raven, and Starfire because they're kind of the Lost Titans, you know? Uh, they don't, they're not in the big leagues like Cyborg, and they're not, you know, they're not sidekicks, so they don't have connections to other heroes. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Uh, that's yeah. that's what I just wanted to mention. I, I've just spotted the variant cover for this, which I didn't notice before. Did you? Did, did Pretty you, cool. Yeah, for some reason. So you've got Starfire with Beast Boy, who's in human form, but all the rest of the Titans are all animals yeah. with, the, with the costume. Yeah. You've got a leopard with Kid Flash's outfit on. Or maybe uh, a, uh, that would be a cheetah. Maybe a cheetah. Yeah, cheetah. Ah, yeah. Cheetah, leopard. Big cats. No, no, no. Le- leopards. No, no, no. We're going to have a biology lesson real quick. Oh, God, Cheetahs are go. built for speed. Uh, they don't have retractable claws like normal cats because their their claws are like track cleats, and they're designed to run at short bursts. Leopards are primarily uh, bigger, bulkier cats that live in trees. But I'm not I'm not bulk- nuts though. They have similar designs in their fur, right? Or similar oh, colors. Spots, but I mean that—that's where the similarities end. Well, I'm just saying that's why I made the mistake. It's not like I—I mean, I wouldn't say it was a tiger. I wouldn't say it was a lion. No. I wouldn't say it was no. a, a a panther. It, it's a cheater, you know. Oh, it's, it's a cheater. Okay. Yeah. Now I get it for the speed reference. Okay, I, I get the cheaters are the fastest ones. All right, I'm not. Sorry. Well, and then and then you have a seal who looks like Gus from Saga, and the only reason I know that <laughs> is because people love Gus on the internet. Yeah, uh, uh, he's wearing Aqualad's outfit. Yeah. We have an actual yeah. raven with raven's uh, little hood on, and, yeah. you, and you've got a robin with uh, yeah. a little robin outfit on. So, yeah. uh, well, it's, it's convenient that those two actually had animals in their name, so they, they yeah. just got those animals. That was nice and easy. Exactly. That's right. Uh, so yeah, you were disappointed. 
I was disappointed because I thought this was going to be something that deals with these three Lost Titans, and it just basically ended up being a refresher for for Starfire's origin, which that's fine. I feel like some some people might need a, a refresher. Even I need a refresher because I forget how she came to Earth and under the circumstances. Yeah, but... and it, it obviously it's changed a little bit with you know New Fifty Two yeah. and you know, yeah. you know where are we at? What's the status quo with this? Yeah, so so basically, she's from Tamarin, which is a, a warrior planet. She was she's the the princess, and her and her sister are sent to uh, another planet to be trained in in the arts of war on Okara. And I, if you remember from uh, Green Lantern, you have Fatality. I think she was one mm. of the the warlords of Okara. You know, so there's precedent there. And Tamarin ends up getting invaded by by these guys. Uh, they're not the controllers. That's from Green Lantern. Um, who are these guys? Uh, do you have it in front of you? I know. What the book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These these reptilian looking aliens. I can't remember. Oh their god. Names. Um, hold on. I'm on the page where all the people are getting techno controlled, yeah. <laughs> and they're blasting. Our, which it turns into the, the big fight, of course. Uh, where are we? I'm looking, looking, looking. Well, that's uh, the end. Oh, there they are. Oh, I see them. Scions. There you go. Scions. Scions, yeah. So basically, she gets traded to the Scions for basically them to leave Tamaran in peace. And they do these experiments, and it augments her already. You know, she already had alien powers to, to process sun, but they supercharged it. And that's why she can fire star bolts. And it's all stuff that, you know, it's familiar if you're familiar with Starfire. It's just the way that Wolfman writes it, it's very stilted. It's the very dialogue st- is very 80s. It doesn't feel like know? he had an idea and he wanted an issue because of that. It felt like they asked him, yeah. hey, we need to fill an issue. Can you quickly come up with something? And he just kind of rushed yeah. this out. Because uh, the main plot of all the, the humans getting possessed by the Scions with all this tech, and then Beast Boy and Raven are also possessed with the tech yeah. and fighter. So we got a bit of but fight with them. But it doesn't even matter because in a page, she, she solves it and then nothing happens Yeah, Beast and then, Boy and Raven. And then they hug each other and they're... Oh. They're, they're just still happy with each other. Uh, I don't know. That's just like a, a... It felt like a fill-in issue well, that, that really feels like a fill-in, where it doesn't feel like... Because not all fill-ins are bad. Sometimes, I mean, one of our favourite issues of Batgirl, this this run of being yeah. one of the fill-in issues, essentially. Uh, I mean, it wasn't... I mean, it was the same writer, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, one-and-dones yeah. can be good. There's nothing wrong with a yeah. one-and-done story. It just... This was a bad one-and-done story. And... Starfire's whole thing where she feels like oh the, the younger team members don't want her around and they feel she's like she's three years older than them like well that's not even my problem my problem isn't the, the, even the existence of it my problem is that this has never been remotely hinted at no. at all in Teen Titans this is just yeah. this is a new issue that comes out of nowhere where she just all of yeah. a sudden has this fear yeah. uh, that, that was that was my first problem with the book but yeah yeah Maybe. I mean, again, that's what I get for getting excited over a, a, a level B character in Starfire, and you know, uh, yeah, that that variant cover is great, though. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, the regular cover is pretty good as well, to be fair. Yeah. And I felt the art didn't do any justice either. It's super. It's not my kind of art, so it's kind of generic, and it looks fine. It was okay. But... It was just, it was very house style, I guess. Is how yeah, you, how you'd put it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so Teen Titans number 16 is not necessarily... I mean, obviously, if you want your numbering to all be filled in, then get it, but honestly, it's kind of skippable uh, and yeah. will probably have no bearing on anything that happens <laughs> in future yeah. issues, I imagine. Uh, unless the Scions come back. Which, by the way, the Scions look very like cheap Doctor Who villain kind of 
or Star Trek villains to kind of Big time. To them. Look, 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 I, I mean, it's comic art, and yet it feels like a rubber mask. I, I, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, anyway, so that's Teen Titans number 16, which will take us on to the last book of the week uh, on this epic show. Uh, and by epic, I just mean the length. I'm not that we've made, yeah. done the best show we've ever done. Again, I made the joke before we started. This is our 80-page giant. You that, know? that said, Connor's not here, so is it better by default? Because Connor's not here. Imagine if he was here talking about Doomsday Clock. We'd still be talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Nightwing the New Order, number 60, final issue of Nightwing the New Order. Kyle Higgins writing Trevor McCarthy on art. So this is the final issue. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you think of the ending of this? I felt like we could have had another issue. Everything gets resolved way too fast. I agree, it felt rushed. I think they were going for this big dramatic moment where mm-hmm. basically uh, Dick's son says, hey, I wish I could be your Robin. And then he explains what he means by that. Because he, he's, he's been watching old footage of like Batman and Robin when he was mm-hmm. a kid. And he's like, because Robin kind of reminded Batman of optimism. He he was the light that reminded him what he was fighting for and kept him like his mind in the right place. And he feels guilty that he's not doing that for Dick, where Dick can see the hope and Dick can see the world where yeah. why we should have superpowers back. And Dick, you know, has this you know it's this dramatic close up in his eyes, and then like two pages later, he's there to help fight all the the villains. Or I say villains, but you know yeah. what I mean, like Batwoman and all her cronies yeah. that are there to capture them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that was very that was very quick. I feel like that could have done with some more like build up to that 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 big that big turn and then on top of that there's a whole new idea that's introduced where lex turns out to be like so i do like the idea that once lex is the one who does the tech that gives superman his powers back i did like yeah. the moment where lex says oh now i'm your god like yeah. that's very lex luther i like that then immediately he sets the place to blow up and he's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing what you want. I, I'm not going to have inequality. I'm going to give powers to everyone. But he essentially becomes the villain in like a page turn. And I'm like, yeah. this is a fine idea, but we've not had enough time with Lex for this to land for me. No. It feels too rushed. Yep, I agree with everything you just said. And I was enjoying this so much, and I still don't buy the reason that that Nick or Nick that Nightwing <laughs> turned. You know, like. We got bits and pieces of it, but I would have loved like even just a flashback that established yeah. a lot of these things and and why he feels so strongly because I feel like he does feel the world better off without powers. He feels justified. Like that was that that whole thing with Tim was early on. I would say that was an issue mm. three, you know. And and here for him to just to turn because the son basically asked him to. I'm just like, ah. This is rough. I, I like the idea that what appeals to him is the whole idea of comparing what Robin was for Batman mm-hmm. and what he was for him because he can understand that. Yeah. I like that. It just happens far too quick. Um, yeah. And I, I actually agree. With him. I, I complained a little bit in the last issue that it was starting to come back round but it was really starting to bother me. Like I never really could understand why Dick would have done what I mean, I get yeah. that he, his opinion would change and he would think maybe the world's better without powers but actually yeah. doing the thing he did where he set off this bomb and it killed so many people. Yeah. I still don't quite buy that or Dick Grayson, and yeah. this is a Dick Grayson who, at the end of the the book, is redeemed and is he's at a yeah. school uh, teaching. You know, it's basically Xavier's school for the gifted, but for yeah. Metas in DC Universe, he's at the school training people and teaching them how to control their powers. And I'm like, this is a nice yeah. idea, but you made him do this heinous act in the past. That I, I don't know. I feel like he needs more comeuppance yeah. in this. I agree, especially like again, if we would have had more issue of him with his doubts, like did I do the right thing? Maybe yeah, powers yeah. are a good idea. You know, maybe it's it's who has the powers, and if we can train them 
to, I, to do the right I, thing. I feel like, given what he did in the past, I think he had to die. He, he had to go out sacrificing himself to like save yeah. Superman or something like that. I feel like yeah. that's what had to happen because I agree. Uh, I agree. Unfortunately, I I think it's. I mean, it's not a terrible issue. Like, I don't think it's a terrible yeah. ending, but it just feels like the easy ending. Yeah, and I, and I don't feel like it spoils the rest of the series because I like a lot of the ideas that it brought mm. up. Considering when it got first announced, I was just like, nah, hard pass. I don't yeah. like the idea of a of a fascist Nightwing, but the story that he told and what it did with his son and and how the Titans dealt with it, and plus we got like Barbarian Superman. Yeah, like. A lot of cool stuff happened here, and uh, I just kind of bummed that it, it ended the way it did. And, that, and that's the thing, like Lex does his whole thing, and they have to like you know lift up part of the city because the bombs yeah. are this big thing underneath the city, and they, they deal with the problem, and you know Dick's son helps, and that that helps with everything, yeah. and yeah. then like they never actually go and get Lex. They never like go yeah. and arrest them, or even like like it, he kind of feels yeah. that Lex just get away with it and is off somewhere. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I did like Lex though when he, he, he sort of deploys his robot fleet. It's like someone says, "You've got robots." He's like, "I wouldn't be Lex Luthor if I didn't yeah. have robots." Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, that was a nice moment. It, it did make me miss Higgins writing DC though, because I, I was a big fan of his Nightwing run, and yeah, I, I kind of missed that. And I know he's having fun doing Power Rangers right now, and that's yeah. all he talks about on Twitter. But you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him back. Yeah, I mean, I, I was never completely sold on the concept of this. I thought it was definitely interesting yeah. enough. I had a lot of good ideas uh, throughout the, the, the series that kept me interested in reading it, but uh, I, I did have some doubts last issue, and they've, they've kind mm-hmm. of been basically solidified in this final one, where I, I think it was an enjoyable enough read, but it just it felt a little bit too easy for what it was doing. Like, if you're, only, if, you, if you're only selling me Dictator Dick Grayson and sell me that he did this thing, he needs more comeuppance. You need to sell me why he made that choice in the first place. And I don't yeah. think the book ever really did that. Yeah. Uh, it, just, it took the easy way out in a couple of places, which is unfortunate. Easy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the really easy way out. Yeah. So, and oh. they never really went into like a lot of the ideas, like how Lois ended up with a, a blue ring. A blue lantern. Yeah. I, I did love that scene, though, with John. And she's like, John, come on. You know how this works. And she ends up ramping up his power and using it against him. I thought that was cool. That was the most Lois I think she's been. So. Yeah, that, that was cool. Uh, I, I do think the epilogue scene, because we find out that he's been like recording like a book the whole time. Uh, yeah, uh, for, for his son to one day like listen to. Yeah. And we find out he's got a, a baby and he's named him Richard after his father. And I thought, okay, this is okay, but it feels like a really generic epilogue. Like, this is the very generic, oh, in the future. This is the end of Harry Potter. Oh, they've got all yeah. good kids now. No, it is. And they're all named after somebody they admire. Yeah. You know? Like, Harry's got a kid named Albus Severus. Like, oh, could you be more on the nose, man? <laughs> Very on so, the nose. Yeah. But, but yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Not, not, not bad, but just a little in the easy side, I think. Yeah. Doesn't really stick the landing it was going yeah. for, but that's okay. It was a fun ride while it was going. Yeah. So, a little, little kinda, easy. Little... Kind of like lost for me in that way. Like, I really enjoyed the ride, but the yeah. ending, I'm like, eh. Okay, I guess you can you can see that. But. Yeah, the, the ending wasn't the best part of Lost, no, clearly, no. but it doesn't ruin the show for me at all. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, I, I like Lost a lot, so uh, I can understand that comparison. Uh, but that's Nightwing and New Order, and obviously the art's been consistent all through the issues because it's been the same same artist, and it's yeah. been generally good, but not great, I would say. Yeah, I will say too that the cover game uh, was really strong when they looked like more propaganda posters, mm. and now you know over the last two or three, so the back half. Just kind of became comic book covers, and that's fine. They still yeah. look great, but yeah, 
not the same feel. All right, cool. Well, uh, that's that's the best. Uh, the last yeah. book, uh, <laughs> if I can speak properly. I'm getting hungry. Okay. It's time for dinner, Matt. I'm gonna lie. So that'll take us on to uh, our our favourites of the week. We do moment slash panel of the week. We do art of the week, cover of the week, uh, and we do uh, obviously our top five books. So uh, starting with a panel slash moment. So what panel is it from Doomsday Clock and why? <laughs> Yeah, right? right? <laughs> so mine, it's going to be the easiest for me. And Go on. I thought about this. It's so packed full of everything. But it's it's when the mime finally unleashes his invisible gun. Uh, yeah. Just uh, it's that hard, moment. It's um, hard to argue with that, Matt. It's really hard to argue with that. Uh, that is a fantastic moment. I equally love it. I do. Uh, as well as the, the smile on her face, you know, Marionette's smile on her face. That's a good one, get, too. We get to the end of that whole massacre. I love that. Yeah. That said, though, uh, I think I have to go with a bit more emotional. I want to go yeah. the panel of uh, Thunder, Johnny Thunder. Yeah. Uh, when he's looking out the window, when the movie mentions uh, being without family. You know, it's worse at Christmas time, being without family. And yeah. he says, but I wore my best suit. Uh, I, I think the sadness in that face, yep. combined with the line from the movie, uh, was just a, a really sort of oh shit this is what they're doing here like moment yeah. for me uh, and it really it really hit so yeah I mean arguably uh, the later stuff when he's turning away from the window and the movie keeps playing mm-hmm. and then the mo- the window's just empty arguably also that but basically yeah. thunder so, whilst the movie's playing and he's really upset that stuff was just working for me so uh, so that, that's panel slash moment uh, what's your best cover of the week this one's tough because I like a whole lot of the variants more. Uh, and you know, I I'll, wish... I'll, be, I'll be honest, Matt. I've been thinking of lifting that rule. Really? Because I feel like why, 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 why specify it when really it's just about picking the best cover? Yeah, right? Like, I've, I've had doubts. I've had my doubts. I've been thinking about yeah. shifting the rule. Yeah, uh, well, if, if we are going to do that, the back row variant... I thought. I mean, they had a good regular cover, but the Batgirl variant, I really liked. I like the variant as well. It's her on the rooftop. She's got that kind of like sort uh-huh. of like hunched down pose. Yeah, it's a good cover. Yeah, I like that. I also the uh, the Doomsday Clock variant. I think is much better than the just. I understand why they went with this one. Uh, yeah, because obviously the 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 beer from the can exploding is kind of like a Rorschach ink blot. Yeah, that's kind of what they're going for. Uh, I have to agree. I, I prefer the Batman yeah. holding the journal cover. It's really pretty. Yeah. Um. And- and same with Teen Titans, uh, like that, that with all the animals is, is much better than this. And I, you know, we, as we discovered on this one, I, I do love Starfire, but yeah, this cover is kind of blah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, it. I think I'm going with the, the Doomsday Clock variant with Batman and the journal. Mm-hmm. And then, then I'll go with Batgirl. Just have some variants. There you go. Uh, okay. this, yeah. Uh, cause I think it'll be interesting to see how often we pick variants or regular covers. Like how often are the variants yeah. better? <laughs> it, it, and let me say, it was very hard not to pick the the, the Frisian Wonder Woman cover because those have been mm. top notch going through. But I just think this week the those other ones just grabbed my eye. That was good. Uh, so best mm-hmm. art of the week. So uh, mm-hmm. Doomsday Clock, Matt. <laughs> yeah, easy. It's got to be. <laughs> now, I, honestly, there's nothing that really battles it this week because I, I think there, there might be some week fours in the future. Yeah. Where maybe there will be another book that says, "No, hey, this exists too," but. Uh, I think yeah. it's head and shoulders, Doomsday Clock's winning. Gary Frank yeah. is doing phenomenal work on that. Not that it was close, but I did enjoy Flash's art. 
I, oh, I, I mean, that's, that's probably my second favourite of the week, yeah. is, the, is the flash art with uh, Carmen. And then, uh, well, this is Batgirl. That was, and then, of course, Lou Pacino. Like, it was a strong week for art, but not Gary Frank strong. Yeah, like, that's, solid. I, I feel like yeah. in a week, if this, if Gary Frank's Doomsday Clock dropped in the same week when we had, like, Janin on Batman and we had yeah. uh, Cedric on Aquaman, like, if it dropped in that week, then, we'd, okay, maybe yeah. we've got a fight there. But yeah, uh, this week, I think Frank's taking it. So, uh, top five books of the week. Matt, yep. you, you get to go first. So, so num- number one with a bullet, and I mean that as in from fired from the mimes. As Teen gun. Titans. <laughs> no, <laughs> is Doomsday Clock. Uh, number two is The Flash. I'll just say Flash Seven Hundred because that's fun to say. Mm-hmm. And number three is Batgirl. It's a whole lot of fun. Uh, number four is Detective Comics for all the payoff, and then number five. This one was the more of the difficult picks here oh man is it action or is it nightwing or not nightwing wonder woman oh i'll go action i'll i'll, I'll play into my superman bias and make action number five. <laughs> that's fair uh doomsday clock number three is number one of course then i'll agree flash is number two then i'll go detective and then batgirl uh three and four uh, number five is harder this week because I feel like Action, yeah. Wonder Woman, and New Order really? all had problems, but they all had good elements as well. Yeah. I, I think I can't I can't give it to the Jason stuff, so I have to go with Action. Like I wanted oh. to like because I like the art in Wonder Woman, but nah, Action doesn't have anything as bad as Jason, so Action no. gets the the fifth spot. Not at all. Uh, so they they go. I feel like we're missing one. No, that's all mine. Oh, no, because Teen Titans uh, sucked, so that wasn't in contention. Because yeah. there's eight books, but there's only three more options, but that's because Teen yeah. Titans just sucked. <laughs> so there yeah. you go. Uh, nice and easy. So there you go. Those are, those are our favourites of the week, which lets me tell you what's coming next week. And, of course, this has changed a little bit because the Swamp Thing book got pushed a week. So what yeah. is coming next week? Now, it is actually kind of a, a meaty week, even with that missing, because we have Dark Knight's Metal number five. So we get the next Metal yep. issue. It's been a while. Uh, we have Detective Comics Annual number one. We have the Flash Annual number one, which is the tease for Flash War. That picks up properly in May because we're get obviously we're getting this Grod arc first, yeah, and then we get to Flash War. But this is this annual is this the tease, the setup for Flash War. Uh, that we have, cover is fantastic. Is, we we have Deathstroke Annual number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you want to read Mystic U number two, but that is out next week. I'm not going to, and it's probably going to make Connor upset. But yeah. I made my bed. I've made the decision. That's not for me. That's fine. Yeah, I didn't like it, of course, the first issue. So uh, we will not be covering that then. Uh, But, I mean, Connor might read it, actually. So I suppose uh, it would be covered. Let's talk Uh, about it. We have the next uh, New Age of DC Heroes book. The Silencer number one is out. Mm -hmm. So we'll be trying that out. So that's coming next week. JRJRP, get ready. I know, I know. Uh, yeah. Also out is the JLA Doom Patrol special number one, which I'm not sure if we are going to cover, uh, mainly because none of us have been reading the uh, the Young Animal stuff. That said, yeah. I, I, I do plan on catching up in Mother Panic based on uh, Jodie Hauser's involvement with that. But That's cool. But uh, I think yeah, I think we'll be having to give this milk crossover thing <laughs> a miss, just because we've not been familiar with the young animal stuff since yeah. issue ones. Doom Patrol broke me, so <laughs> I'm not. I I am actually I'm interested in going back and reading that in trade uh, when when yeah, it might be better. Uh, uh, but most of the books are on a break right now because of this crossover, so it's a good time to maybe catch up in the ones you want to read if you yeah, if you yeah. wanted to. Maybe I'll catch up on Cape Carson. I'll go check that out. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. That's changing its title, actually, uh, when it comes back. 
Is it just Cave Carson now? No, no, no. Because uh, because before it's Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Cybernetic, I think yeah. the new it's, it's it's still Cave Carson has a something eye, but it's not cybernetic That's anymore. Cool. It's like a supernatural eye or something like that. Okay, yeah, fine. That's cool. Some, so it's something like that. There's another word before the before I. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but no. So that's what's coming next week. So it's not a yeah. big in terms of numbers, but we have uh, three annuals and a metal issue along with a silencer uh, debut. So there's still plenty of stuff coming next yeah. week uh, for us to dig our teeth into. Uh, and no doubt Connor's going to want like ten minutes of a. Hey, here's here's what I want to talk about Doomsday Clock since I wasn't here because yeah, fine. because you know what he's like. Uh, he did well, say well, to me. Hold- well, tell him it's recording and we just won't record. Yeah. He did say to me last week he'd send me his top five before we were done, but he's not. So you can blame Connor for not sending that in. So oh, I Connor. I know. He's a menace. Uh, but that does bring an end to this uh, epic length episode of Comics from the Multiverse uh, with good reason we had some of the biggest news we've had we had Doomsday Clock uh, the Doomsday Clock conversation on its own I think was over 40 minutes uh, which I can't fault but mm. here we are so that has been episode 88 uh, we always appreciate it and remember episode 100 is coming up in March the same week as Action Comics 1000 uh, I'll remind you more closer to the time what that means but uh, exciting uh, so also let us know what you thought of this week's books in the comments or on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast of course uh, you can get me at Wibble89 get Matt at Matt of Steel 57 for mm-hmm. individual Twitters uh, get us on patreon.com slash TV if you want to support the show and the channel uh, and unlock bonuses and stuff uh, the next bonus that gets unlocked it's a little well away but it is comics based it's uh, to do with Hellboy and uh, our resident Goatman Tim uh, taking a few <laughs> of us through the, 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 the Hellboy comics once a month uh, if we ever uh, get Tim. to that. He he gave me the, the forever green light and that really upset Pete uh today. So <laughs> Yeah, for, forever just 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 to be Matt basically he says you you just green light whenever, you can do whatever just you want whenever. And Well, because we were joking that I was just gonna talk forever today, we kinda yeah. did, and I said like I asked Pete, do I have the green light? And Tim goes, oh, I give you the, the green light forever. So Anything he can to undercut the Scotsman. Yeah, the, the the unprecedented green light forever is what, what, what his wording yeah. was. Uh, but that 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 is us. That that is episode eight. Yeah. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Give us your mm-hmm. thoughts uh, on, of course, Doomsday Clock and all the books. Give us your theories as well as what's coming with Justice League uh, and No Justice. You know, give us your opinions on that. Uh, of course, lo- lo- lots of fun stuff to speculate. Uh, but that's us so thank you once again Uh, keep reading DC Comics and always remember to never get lost in the Speed Force Nathaniel Dusk is my hero